Welcome to episode 426 of Conversation Street, the spoiler free Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma, and um, Michael. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? I'm wearing a face mask. Uh, I think you need to explain. Michael's got a face mask on. <laughs> Take it off. I've not, I've not gone. Okay, I've taken it off now. I've not gone super paranoid about Corona or anything. It's not, you know, honing in on Southampton. I'm wearing it. I was wearing a Most face mask. Most people in different countries wear face masks without being paranoid. Yeah, just but so you know. What? It's sitting in their homes recording a podcast. I don't know how many people do that. <laughs> well, there we go then. Now I was wearing a, fo- a face mask because I got a Coronation Street themed face mask in the post the other day, so I thought it, it fit the, you know, the the theme of. Doing a podcast about Coronation Street. No, um, yeah, so it, it's cool. Um, we, we I, I don't know who it came from, um, but we I did a bit of investigating. It turned out that my sister sent it to me as a late birthday present, so that was lovely. It, um, <laughs> it was it was one from Redbubble, and it says the nation's favourite street, Coronation Street, since nineteen sixty. And there's a couple of chimneys on there. And then Gemma spoiled it by pointing out that favourite's got the American spelling on. I don't And no, I can't even wear it out in public. No, I know. I don't understand <laughs> why you would produce... I don't... I do, I do wonder, why has there... Why is there an American-designed Coronation Street face mask? Well, we know we're very popular in America. Do they spell it that way in Canada? I don't think they do. I think Canada spells it the proper way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be inflammatory here. But it's still, it's still quite cool. I, I, to be fair, I, I haven't had cause to wear a face mask at any point since, you know, March... But, um, you know, I might have a bus or a train that I need to catch anytime soon or well, you're who knows to where the rules them. change. It, apparently it it's, uh, protects you, it gives you a 65% chance or something. I don't know anymore. I know, I know. Well, you In know, this maybe... country, they've spent the last four months telling us not to wear them, haven't they? Pretty much. Maybe in September when I've got my full class of 30 children. No, I won't. But it's cool. I don't know what I'll do with it, but it's a very nice present. Thank you very much, my sister. <laughs> Moving on with the rest of the podcast. Oh, we got a Patreon competition. I just remembered that. Good segue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next up, that's, that's enough of my follies. Uh, we've got a Patreon competition that we've been banging on about for the past, feels like, month and a half or so. And thank you very much for everybody who has entered. I'm going to hand over to my glamorous assistant to remind everybody what prize is on offer here. <laughs> Am That's I the you. glamorous one? That's oh. you. Ab- Abby's just walked out. Yeah. Um, uh, we are giving away a year's subscription, I guess you call it, to Patreon on our top tier level, um, the Rover's Return level, which gets you everything. You get a postcard, you get... You get a mug. A mug, you get all the... All the bonus episodes, so we get one a month. Yeah, episode um, previews, you get your name yeah. on the blog, you get a shout-out, you so get a shout-out right now. So if you... Um, it's a good prize. If you... I'd enter if I wasn't the host. All right, great. Okay. So <laughs> what do you want to do? We haven't got a celebrity in to, to do our usual draw this week, do we? Because you wanted to do it yourself. No, I didn't say I wanted to do it myself. I said, let's do it because it, it's a special prize and I wanted to pick to pick. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's a special prize, very personal prize. And thank you very much to our um, donor. Mystery benefactor. Yes, he was going to be... Thank you, very, very generous. He was sponsoring it, yeah. Yes. Right, so we're going to... 
got well, the, the, all the names. Yeah, we've got all the names. What they had to do is easy. All you had to do is find out between the beginning of the podcast and whenever it was that we launched this competition, how many episodes of Coronation Street we had talked about in the street talk section. It's quite a few. Considering there's been 10,000 and a bit episodes of Coronation Street, we've, got, we've managed to cover quite a, a hefty chunk of that on Conversation Street. The actual answer was 2,137 episodes of Coronation Street. So that we're over a fifth of the way through. A fifth of Coronation Street has now been covered in minute detail on our good podcast. Oh, good podcast, yeah. yeah. So thank you, everybody. Well done to everybody who um, who wrote in with that correct thank answer. Thank you, everybody, for entering. So can we pick the winner now? Yeah, but I'll, I'll let you pick. So you can feel like one of the many Corrie stars who have come in and done this before. We've got a special spinning wheel. I think you have to click where it says click to spin. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, do you know what? I was looking at that name going... I wonder if that one will win. Well, it did. Do you want to announce? The winner of our Patreon competition is Chad Price. Chad Price, hooray! Congratulations, Chad Price. I'm sorry, everybody else who entered, but... Thank you so much for entering. Win. We love you all, all of you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Mystery Benefactor. Thank it's you all... a mystery to us. Patreons and all people that don't... Oh, not Patreon. Yeah, just thank you to everybody. That's great. Well, Chad, if you get in touch with us, send us an email or a we'll Facebook you message or Twitter how or whatever. We'll claim your prize. Yeah, because we're still trying to figure that out ourselves yet, but it'll be easy, I'm sure. It'll be smooth. Right, what else we got? Oh, I know why other house people might have um, tuned in this week to find out the result of our Airbnb um, conundrum Worries. that we were stuck in this time last week. Where we Are we going to Manchester or not? Are we going to be able to sign up to a hotel or Airbnb, sorry? to spend a couple of weeks there in autumn, uh, August, sorry, and the answer is yes. Yes, we found ourselves somewhere. We have, and we right logged near the on. the train station, which is going to be lovely and peaceful and quiet. Yes, it's near, it's near Piccadilly, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, we, um, we went on at midnight, because it was supposed to be midnight that Airbnb was opening. No, we went in about quarter to 12, and it was already going, wasn't it? So we were lucky. Yeah. I, th- I thought we'd be, like, clicking on at midnight, and mm-hmm. it would be Crashing website would crash, because of everybody else wanting to go oh, on dear, holiday. Oh, We've done it, so we've sorted it. So that means that this time next month we'll be in, in lovely sunny Manchester doing know, all sorts of Manchesterial things. Mancunian things. Oh, I'm waiting the That's the adjective for, I was looking for. Uh, lockdown. I just know. It's good because we're already, I don't, know if, I don't know how much news gets out of the UK to um, about specific things because I think everyone's got their own problems. But Leicester, um, the city of Leicester is on, is on a, what is it called? Local lockdown. Yeah. So you, if you can't go in or out of Leicester, it's like no, a it's like it's town. like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we get locked down in Manchester, or if we get locked down in Southampton, we're going to be buggered. A I bit, don't think we are going to get it in Southampton, but I, I don't know Manchester about Manchester. It was a hot spot at one point. It was, yeah, at one point. What would happen if we were there and we? it got locked down would they would they let us out or do we just have to stay no, in manchester stay. for a bit longer there's no point oh, saying it's lockdown but everyone's allowed in and out <laughs> i don't know where we'd stay we'd maybe have to um you know camp out outside the Corrie studios or something we could just live on one of the sets couldn't we Cause be easy, <gasps> yes we like, could which... yeah because they'd have to stop filming coronation yeah. street wouldn't they which the whole set? they'd let us i'm sure they'd Here's let us question. in if you had to be locked down and you could only be on one set which set would you choose? I don't know whether I just down. I don't know whether I just go with my normal answer of who's got the nicest house because well, yeah. I mean it's quite likely well, to be the Nazirs. Remember that it doesn't actually have an orangery added onto well, the side also, of it, so you can't I include that. Point out actually it doesn't have a bedroom either. None of them do. 
Um, no, none of them do have a bedroom. That's very true. Or you know, speed dial might be quite nice because it is very cosy in there, isn't it? Lots of there's lots of cushions, nice soft furnishings. I would pick. You can make your dens. I tell you what, I would pick. What I'd pick the police cell set and the upstairs function. Room. Nice. It's got a bar in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's got actual booze in, unfortunately, oh, well, I'll darling. Let, I'll let you know. <laughs> that would be fun. You could have the run of it, and you could like you could um, do lockdown uh, YouTube movies of like Resident Evil parodies and stuff. Yes. All the oh man, that would be amazing. Look through all the paperwork. So it's really interesting but, stuff in there. You know, I don't sadly think that that's very likely to happen. But... Well, look. If anything is possible. Gotta be positive. Let's hope for a Manchester lockdown while we're there. <laughs> you imagine if we weren't there on the Monday and they said, right, two week lockdown, <laughs> you not have to leave. That would suck. That, if they're going to be a lockdown, <laughs> have it just before we're about to leave, please. Um, I thought you told me you had work today. I do, but. So do I. Well, you know, it's tough, isn't it? I'd have, a, a I'd have an excuse. There's a pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Are we done? We're done. What's the YouTube thing? YouTube thing. Oh, that was just a reminder for myself to say, look out for our latest YouTube video that was uploaded just um, a few days ago, which is the second in our eight-part series on the Coronation Street Corypedia Ultimate Character Survey. Last week, we uploaded a video about um, all the characters that are currently on the show, rating them from one to five. And this week, we put up the characters from the 1960s. And it had another cheesy little intro from me with a nice black and white filter. I'm playing, messing about with all the filters and things, that, um, you know, developing my video editing skills thank you everybody who's already watched that and so that they've enjoyed it they've been lots of fun to do we've already we've already recorded the 70s one haven't we we're going to upload that one next thursday and that has also got um a different themed introduction and outro video from me yeah anything to add to that Gemma? nothing nothing at all when are you going to get your hair cut you need and uh, before Manchester, mind being next. Here's week. another question: Now that you're an on-screen, on-air personality mm. in your in- YouTube YouTube video introductions, can you get your hair done as a tax write-off? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I actually earn any money from doing YouTube. Yeah, but it's part of your brand, isn't it? <laughs> it's part of my brand. Part of my brand is having rubbish hair at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Well, a quiz. Let's do the quiz. This is usually the first thing we're supposed to do and we never... It always takes us ages to get around to it. Well, we had lots of important things to do today. We had to talk about face masks, Patreon, YouTube, holidays. Gemma. Yes. What have we got for the quiz this week? Right. Things that happened between the 6th and the 10th of July, years ending in a zero and a five. And I sourced this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Coropedia, very wonderful resource. Um, as you all know. Yeah. And I, well, you bloody better do They also do ultimate character surveys. They do. 6th of July, 1990. Alf is furious when a regular bus is arranged to take residents of Weatherfield where? Um, uh, better vice. Yes. 6th of July, 2015. Ken and Leanne both buy Simon the same game for his birthday. <laughs> but it's oh. Carla who gets him the best present. What is it? Oh, no. Um, oh, I, I, I've got vague memories of that happening. Yeah, but... me too. When I read this, I was like, oh, yeah. Carla gave him the best present. Yeah. God, honestly, I don't know. What it she... was fancy trainers in the right colour. Oh, uh, yeah, trainers. 7th of July, 1975. Which two Corey characters get married? This is really hard. Have you just seen it? No. 1975? Yeah. 
Um, Not very many people get got married back in the day, did they? Oh, oh, oh! It was um, Ray and Deirdre. Yeah. Yeah. See, say things are difficult because you haven't even thought about it. Seventh <laughs> of July, nineteen eighty. There's an engagement party on the street. Mavis is devastated, and the Ogden's noses are put out during when they aren't invited. But who are the happy couple? Oh. Now, don't tell you this is hard either, because you're watching 1980 now. Yeah, we were. And you know that there's... That must be Ken and Deirdre, then. No. Oh, but they was talking about them maybe getting engaged. Emily I thought and that Arnold. was a bit too... Oh, yeah. Literally just talking about it. Well, literally talking... Were... Oh, man. <laughs> oh, too, a bit too early for Ken and Deirdre. Also, on the same day, 7th of July, 1980... If only we'd watched an extra episode on the disc. This character has to be dragged out of the house after setting light to their couch and are told to quit smoking. Yes. Who is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really don't know that one either. It could be flipping any of them. Elsie. Yes. Oh, was it? Yeah. Old chimney pot Elsie. Do you know who rescued her? Uh, Eddie Yates. No, Hilda. Uh-huh. Uh, 7th of July, 1970. This character recently returned to the street to rekindle an old romance. But when they propose, they are turned down. Who is it and who do they propose to? Ah, so who who returns? Yeah. To the street. Yeah. In nineteen seventy. To rekindle an old romance. Is this is this to do with Rita? It's not a question. You you're not questioning <laughs> me. I've been too. I was going to say Re- Rita returns. And asks who? So she Rita returns and asks somebody to marry her. Does she? How likely do you think that is? N- not too likely. <laughs> um. <laughs> Len returns and asks, no. Oh, I don't know. Am I j- just... No, you're wrong. Am I it's, in the right ballpark Alan, at all? Alan re- proposes to Elsie. Oh, uh, okay. That's not no, nowhere close. 7th of July, 2015. Yeah, I wish today. Residents of the street learn of the tragic and untimely passing of which character off screen? Katie Armstrong. Jesus Christ. Is it? Deirdre. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What is going on with me today? Who broke the news? Bev. Bev Unwin. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, right, you won't get this one probably. 9th of July, 2000. Burglars break into number seven. Emma and Curly have to get rid of them with the help of a surprising ally. But who? <laughs> oh, this is I too don't hard. Know, you don't know, Michael. This is too hard. Norris. <laughs> no, Les. Oh no. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Out of nine. You got, hang on. One, two, three, four, five wrong. Four out of nine. That's terrible. Rubbish, not even half marks this week. And you were bad last week as well, do you remember I know, that? I'm going through a bad spot. I'm embarrassed. I think I'm going to look for a new co-host. <laughs> Go on then, right. right. This is the quick fire okay. quiz that we got from Coronation the Coronation Street, Street Magazine. magazine. This is round two. This is the final questions of round two, okay? How many rounds are there? Six. <laughs> Long way to go yeah. there. Yeah. Right, okay. What I'm usually is... better at this. Shut these. up. What is the name of Betty's grandson? Peter or Roger? Uh, Roger. No, Peter. Oh. Um, what did Alan Bradley used to try to suffocate Rita? Pillow. Cushion. Can't That's the same can't thing. Except pillow. Yes. What did Fred G buy to improve his appearance? Wig. We just yeah. watched that episode recently. What happened to Des's boat? Burnt. He set it on fire. Yeah. Um, who had a piece of shrapnel removed from his bottom? 
Oh, Albert Tatlock. Yeah. Um, who is Craig White Whiteley's grandmother? Phyllis Pierce. Yeah. Who is older, Rosie or David? Oh, oh um, um, Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> close, though. Jackie Ingram threatened with a shotgun. Mike. Yeah. Um, what event spoiled Jenny Bradley's 18th birthday party? Um, she came home to find Alan Bradley attacking Rita. Trying to kill her, yeah. What was the name of Alma's first pillow. husband? Cushion. Hmm? What was the name of Alma's first husband? Jim. Sedgwick. Yeah. You got one wrong. See, these ones are better. I mean, you... you why, look, I got the other one. I did badly on the first round, and you were rightfully scornful of me, and I only got one wrong there. You should be happy for me. You should be congratulatory. Not when, he's, not when you're dissing my quiz. There's nothing wrong with your quiz. It's oh, a very, very, anymore, then. it's a very good quiz. I'm not going to bother doing them. No, anymore. they're what great. I get is is heartache. They're very good questions, complaints. and I am I am right to be shamed you by them. Man. I should know it all by now. Right? Do you want to do birthdays? I would love to. There's loads of birthdays this week. Go on then. 11th of July, Stuart Latham, who's the first producer of Coronation Street, and Craig Charles played Lloyd Mullaney. 12th of July, Irene Sutcliffe, who played Maggie Clegg. Kathy Staff, who played Vera Hopkins, Roy Barraclough, who played Alec Gilroy, Finally. and Christopher Quinton, who played Brian Tilsley, all on the 12th of July. Wow. 13th of July, Cheryl Murray, who played Susie Birchall, Samuel Longchambon, who played Maria Connor. 15th of July, Derek Griffiths, who played Freddie Smith, Jill Halfpenny, who played Rebecca Hopkins. Then on the 16th of July, we've got Wendy Jane Walker, who was Susan Barlow II, Samantha Seeger, who played Jodie Morton, and Katie McGlynn, who played Sinead Tinker. Then, on the 17th of July, we've got Matthew Crompton, who played Dan Mason, and Jane Hazelgrove, who played Sue Clayton and Bernie Winter. Wow, that is a good birthday list. That is probably the biggest birthday list we've ever had. Happy birthday to all those people, especially the alive ones. But you're not special, so... (laughs) You've got to share your birthday week. I think that's it. I think that's it for our pre-Street Talk chatterings. Are you ready to move on? Talk about this week's Coronation Street. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. So, in this week's Coronation Street, um, I've Hang got... Hang on a minute, you're supposed what? to introduce the section. Go. This is Street Talk, everybody. Welcome. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about what's been going on in Coronation Hello, Street Miller. this week. Hello, And we've got seven stories, kind of, but most of them are not very much. Yaz fighting is what we're going to talk about first. What's been going on with Yasmin and Jeff? Everybody mm. was Yasmin fighting. Yeah. Torture. Um... Then we will have... Sorry, I just got distracted by a text message. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> what? Sorry. Um, then we've got the serious case of the Ollie Wobbles. So serious, so wobbly. Finally. No, not finally. Next. Oh, the Nana Romanza. I've got a subtitle for this this week, Gemma. The Guzba Roy. Because Roy was certainly a third oh, wheel this God. week. No, that's a good one. I Pe- think that's the first time I've heard that of you. No, I told you a few days ago. I'm sure you've used that. No, definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> Always original. Pear, by the grace of grace, is our fourth storyline. Pear, by the We've grace... We've had this, oh, at least three right, times. It's up. a rubbish storyline title, I know. Uh, and then we had something with siblings today, which I haven't come up with a storyline title yet for, because it caught me off guard. Uh, we had a little bit of the Kelly and the Killer, and ever so slight amount of Johnny Scott issues a couple of days ago as well. Um, I am going to take the lead in the Yasmin storyline. This is what happened, everybody. Kathy came into it, and I thought that Kathy was going to be involved a bit more this week. I kind of only half paid attention to that first scene on Monday where she comes round, because I thought that 
it would become more evident what her visit to Sally was about. Because she says, oh, I saw Jeff coming out of Yasmin's the other day. Did Has he moved in or something? And this was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, that Jeff actually moved back into his own house. And Sally's like, yeah, he's, he doesn't live here anymore. Um, but I'm, at the moment, Sally says, I'm not taking sides. Um, this is when Yaz, Kathy tells Sally about Yasmin in a box. And although I enjoyed Coronation Street this week, in fact, I think Monday and Wednesdays were very, very strong episodes, I did feel like more than needed to be this week involved characters telling other characters about information about what's happened. Like, this is what I so-and-so said to me, and this is what I said to so-and-so, and did you know such-and-such? I know, it becomes tedious if there's too much dissemination and not enough. Mm. Like, I need I need a reason to care why this particular person is being told this. Yeah, I, I thought today's episode was particularly bad for that. An awful lot of it was yesterday. So-and-so said something to me. Well, I'm going to go and tell so-and-so what so-and-so said to well, somebody else the other day. We know that we know that some of these are... I know you told me not to say this in this bit, but some of them are mixed-up lockdown stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So it just makes me wonder whether it's the writers reminding themselves. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think... That's a joke. In, That's not true. I know. I think in this particular story, it all felt like it was pre-lockdown filming. But, yeah, because this is where Kathy reveals to Yas... No, this is where Kathy tells Sally about Yasmin getting locked in a box. And at this point, I'm like... Oh, doesn't everybody know about this yet? I'm sure we've had lots of revelations about... So do you know about Yasmin in the box? No, I, mean, I never knew that. Did you know about Yasmin in the that, box? That still not everybody knows... About Yasmin in the, the box? Truth. Well, I mean, if... if Why doesn't Alia just go around telling everybody? Cause She's a massive big mouth. Oh, yeah. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> or Kathy or Eileen or... I, I think maybe everybody who needs to know about Yasmin in a box knows about it now, but I'm not so. completely sure about that. They just need to put take down that Chesney and Gemma billboard that's above Prima Donna and just put some major storyline plot points that everybody just needs to know. Make things happen a lot smoother. So anyway, um, Kathy also goes and talks to Brian about this, but yeah, that doesn't really come to anything. So Alia goes to ask Sally if she'd consider being a witness for the defence. She says, look, you were with Yasmin in the pub the night that she did the old stabby-stabby with Jeff. You saw her wearing that dress. You saw she wasn't comfortable. What did you think? And Sally, she's still on the fence. She doesn't want to betray Tim, but she'll think about it. And the the whole thing about um, finding out about paying for the holiday, I think, comes up there as well. Not the, the holiday, the wedding, I mean. Yeah, that was that was another yeah that was another example of something where it's like, yeah, we know, yeah. we know this. Yeah. So um, Sally then goes to prison to ask Yasmin about the box, and Yasmin. I think you'll find she goes to the the prison Weatherfield car park. Hmm. Because it's all. Oh yes, yes, I could. yeah. It's a, it's dual purpose, isn't it? Well, dual it's... is maybe underplaying it. Yeah, it's, it's this is where um, a modern way of using space. This is where that Essex boy was broken down outside the other yeah, in today's episode, funny, doesn't he? It? So um, anyway, so Yasmin is being visited by Sally, and she doesn't really want to talk about Jeff. She's trying to like um, change the subject by saying, "Oh, isn't everything that's going on with Leanne terrible at the moment?" But with Sally's gentle prodding, she reluctantly starts to open up about Jeff, and and she, it seems that yet again she's going back to Jeff's controlling um, ways and saying, oh, he, he did what he did because he loved me so much. Uh, and Sally says, look, well, why didn't you, why did you plead not guilty then? So Yasmin eventually says that I just couldn't take it anymore. 
And this is when she starts saying about the skirts, the, the skirting board crosses, how Jeff managed her finances. Again, it felt to me a little bit like a repeat of what she'd done with Alia when, when she came to visit her a few weeks ago, just opening up and telling somebody new about it. Yeah, they just need to get everybody on their sides to go visit Yasmin in the prison together, so they can all find out together. About it, because at least it was interesting. Like it was interesting in a different way to see Sally learn about this. It it was, it was, Uh, and and that was one of Sarah Khan's you know finest moments in recent times. I think that um, when she was having that chat with Yasmin, and we had the why why aren't you crying kind of thing. But yeah, it, it just as a viewer felt like oh, I've seen I've seen this before just with other people. Anyway, um, she, she talks about she also talks about the the red dress, how Jeff burnt her clothes. But still, she says it's it's still my fault though, because deep down Jeff is a good man, and what I did was worse. It was unforgivable, uh, and she's like, don't tell Tim either, please. So um, that's it for that scene. Um, Jeff. Um, sees Alia talking to Sally later and then they have a bit of a hug so he's, his cogs in his brain start whirring about what's going on there then so he confronts Sally back in the house and Sally at this point has finally gone over to um, to the good side she says that I know about the box I know about the money She he thinks at first that Alia was the one that's told her all of this but she's like no actually I've been to see Yasmin and Jeff's caught right off guard there he's furious and he's yelling at Sally and he, he wasn't expecting that, although to be fair, he, he should have been. Um, and then this is when Tim comes in, which I thought was a great little cliffhanger on the end of Monday's episode. Tim initially seems to stand by Sally because he's just walked in to find his dad mouthing off at his um, wife. Well, not quite wife yet, biggest wife, whatever. Sa- Sally is there accusing Jeff of all sorts and he denies it all, says, no, this is all, this is all Yasmin's lies, this is what she wants you to think, this is what Alia wants you to think. And Tim's like, right, dad, you get out. I need this to... Would- about this with Sally. This would mess with my head so much, wouldn't it mess with your head? If, yeah. If everyone's saying something different and they're all saying, can't you believe me? They're lying. It's manipulating you. Oh, this is what they want you... Oh, I couldn't... I don't think I could cope with it. No. I, I'm not very good with people who lie. At, at some point, the scales are going to fall from Tim's eyes, aren't they? But it's yeah. still not yet. But I, the thing is, it's because I believe the last thing I've told... I know I'm pretty bad about that as well. Like Donald Trump. <laughs> so I would uh, I would get very confused. <laughs> so Tim's alone with Sally later and he says, look, sorry, Sal, I know you're my wife kind of and everything, but I just can't back you up on this. This is my dad and he's and he's on his own and the whole street's turned against him. And well, yeah, Tim because is, he's the victim, isn't he? Sal? Yeah, like if it, he's if got he, the scars to prove it. And, and Sally is one removed from the victim. Mm. It, it might be difficult if Yasmin was in front of him saying... Please believe me, Tim. Yeah. But it's Sally, and you know he he doesn't. Honestly, I don't care what you say about um, Tim and Sally. I don't think Tim respects Sally's opinions or thinks that she is. Good well, there's at, been a, a lot of evidence of that in the past. At, uh, yeah, exactly. Based on the evidence, he thinks that she's a poor judge of character. I, I don't think that. He, yeah, because she went through all that affair stuff. She, she made her not be mayor anymore because she was getting bullied. Mm. I, I just think he thinks she's. Despite all the other evidence of the contrary, she's not a very strong 
No, he thinks Character. that she's easily manipulated. It's, it's just totally ironic because Tim's clearly been brainwashed by Jeff at this point because yeah. he's just parroting back all the rubbish that Jeff has been saying to well, them. Well, you would believe it. Yeah, yeah. So Sally's... Because you've gone your whole life and your dad suddenly stabbed somebody... Well, dad suddenly gets stabbed in the neck mm. and then everyone's trying to tell you that he's the he's the, he's the perpetrator. Yeah, you, you can't it really be really too mad sense. at Tim at this point, honestly. Right. Even he just will not hear anything that Sally's Especially saying. Especially considering that coercive control and emotional ma- manipulation is something that people really have had not much cause to learn about or know about unless they knew somebody who was going through that. Especially not somebody like Tim, who's a lad's lad, who probably hangs around blokes, they never talk about their feelings, he's never... Yeah, he doesn't even know what emotions of a, are. Of a cosmopolitan magazine, he wouldn't even know. <laughs> so this was this is probably a whole new world to him that this is even a thing. I bet he has. I bet back at the cab office, he's been when he's a really boring day. He has a rifle through Eileen's stash of mags. He's going look. If you buy this Chanel handbag and you use it every day for ten years, it's actually only fifty pl use. That's what they do in that with these magazines, you know. Um, so Price Jeff, per word, so reasonable. Jeff, you, you just you're saying this to me because our wedding anniversary is now less than a month away, and for the big Chanel. wig one O, and you just subliminally. It's not subliminal, darling. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting the so Chanel back. Jeff back home is um, looking very panicky, he's starting to lose control, and he decides to email the prison because he wants to get in touch with Yasmin. There's a little scene in Victoria Garden, which, to be honest, could be cut in Canada, I think. It's just Tim and Faye. Tim's going, your granddad isn't evil, is he, Faye? He is a nice guy. We are on the right side here. And Faye's like, yeah, he's lovely. And Tim has a little uh, reminisce about a time when he was uh, getting being given a piggyback by Jeff at the beach and he falls over and cuts his knee. Jeff probably pushed him over. No, Jeff was the one that fell over. Jeff cut his knee, but he made sure that Tim... It's probably Tim's fault. Tim didn't, didn't come to any harm himself. Anyway, that, that was... I, I didn't need that scene. Well, so, so one time when I was a child, my, my, my one dad time when I was a child, my dad was nice for me. Yeah, so <laughs> he couldn't possibly have done all these things that Alia's saying, right? <laughs> Yasmin is on the phone to Alia later. Tim saying, is like one step away from being on like one of these grotty American network um, networks where he's he's the bewildered relative of a serial killer going, well, he was always perfectly nice. Yeah. Or like one of his neighbours who's like, kept himself to himself, seemed like a decent kind of totally, chap, totally. had no idea he was murdering all those prostitutes. Oh, I just, with Arthur, I, the Salford slasher. I hope that Tim really has to grovel to Sally at the end of this he won't, and say, he you won't. were right all along, Sal. I don't Sal. think he will. I think he's... He, no, judging from what he's done before, he really has... He's got a little bit of Jeff in him, I know people will hate me saying that, but I don't think either of them will ever want to be wrong. Well, if you've been and brought I, up I by somebody like Jeff, then it's a bit of a well, if you, the nature thing is, nurture if, thing, isn't it? If you've picked up all of your emotional emotional tactics and, um, hmm. yeah, you know, it's behavioural, isn't this it? This is how well. you treat women. If you watch this happening, I don't think he's seen this, though. This is the thing. I he, don't, yeah, that's true. I don't know how much of this Tim has really observed in his father... I mean, it, it makes you wonder whether he saw much of it when he was really young and didn't yeah. just just didn't understand what yeah, was going on. Well, listen, 
People that go through it don't know what's going on. Mm. Yasmin didn't know what was going on. You yeah. could certainly excuse a child for not realising what was yeah, going yeah, on. So Yasmin's on the phone to Alia later and says, oh, it's so nice to hear Sally believing me. And we get to find out that Yasmin's got a job in the prison library, which I thought was great. Even though we have had people online yeah. pointing out that the library is like a coveted job at any prison. So the fact that this you got a- newbie would be given the job is, despite her references, would probably be yeah, unlikely. You've got to shank a few choice ladies in the yard to be given the the yeah. coveted prison library gig. But it did just make me think of Poussey from Orange is the New Black and it made me a bit sad for a little while because she was in charge of the library too. We yeah. all know what happened to her if you watched it. It didn't make so you sad. reminisce about the time that they had that bit, the flashback in Orange is the New Black and they were dealing drugs out of the library. That fascinating story. Yeah, those two bit. sisters... And they both oh, killed yeah. each oh, other. Spoiler! <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. The one that looked like Deirdre from the 70s yeah. was one of the sisters. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, um, she, she also, Yasmin, very handily happens to have overheard one of the officers at the prison saying, oh, Jeff wants to come and visit me. What's going on there then? And People are going to moan about me spoiling that. I'm sorry. Oh, no. It's too late. It's, it's finished. It's been, it's been it gone a year. It has finished ages ago. Alia says, look, <laughs> If Jeff does try to come and see you, you wouldn't let him come and see you, would you? And, and Yasmin does not seem convinced. She says, no, of course not. But you can tell she's like, oh, maybe I would. So, um, but luckily that's not going to happen because Jeff gets an email at the end of the episode denying him a visit. It's basically saying, yeah, you are a little bit involved in this case, aren't you? It's probably not a good idea. He and then he, d- he does. He does what any anyone would do in this situation, and gives his pie a good old flip across the kitchen, and then and he goes, "Oh, sorry, Yasmin's not here to clean up from on me anymore." Yeah, that poor carpet. It has taken quite a hammering over this past six months, hasn't it? Yeah, that's the point actually, because I said when Jeff was uh, bleeding out on the carpet, they're going to have to replace that. Oh yeah, they yeah, did. They? They? <laughs> yeah, it's had, left it. It's had curry on it. It's had chips. It's had blood. Dead it's like, chicken. Now it's got pie and gravy. Just move the sofa. Just get. Lino, solve all your problems. <laughs> Friday. Um, this is when there's a lot of filling in, like I said earlier, about what happened the previous episode, Alia and Sally at the beginning. Tim then goes over to see Jeff and says, Look, and, and Jeff's like, Sorry, I had to go at Sally yesterday. I'm just real pent up because nobody believes me at the moment. Alia's spreading these lies and everybody's taking her side. Um, and Tim's like, Well, just don't shout at my wife again. And also, Jeff says that he might go back to work today, which I'd kind of forgotten about the whole work situation and, and Alia and Ryan I tell you what this the flag is. at speed dial on their own. This is because Jeff feels frustrated and thwarted and he can't get into Yasmin's head but he knows he can irritate Alia. Mm. So she's like the, the punch bag now. That's why he wants to go to work. Yeah, I think you're so right. he can he can be power he can um feel powerful over somebody because Ali can't stop him mm. so because is he are they equal partners Jeff and Ali so. at the moment Jeff slash Jasmine and Ali yeah so um Tim goes home and tells Sally about Jeff wanting to go no Tim goes home this is when Sally tells him that Alia had told her that Jeff wanted <laughs> to go and see Yasmine at the prison but isn't allowed to. Now, Tim goes back to Jeff and says, Sally's just told me what Ali has told her about what Yasmine had told her. Is this true? <laughs> Jeff, just like, yes. damn it. Whatever you say, oh, you, you lost, lost me about three, train. three people ago. But yeah, definitely true. Unless it's saying that Yasmin says, in which case it's all lies. No, he said, I love Yasmin. I, yeah, I miss her. He I want does. to see her. Yeah, he's, yeah, he wants to go and see her. He I, says. I, the pie. Yeah, gonna... it's not for nefarious reasons. I promised him. Tim, while you're here, 
You see that pie that's on the floor? <laughs> yeah. Go on, do me a favour, Tim. I'll put a red cross on it and it's still there. <laughs> Tim probably just eat it off the floor. <laughs> Tim's like a golden retriever. <laughs> um, so they go... Um, oh, yeah, he goes off to work, Jeff does. And he gets, obviously... Well, no, yeah, he, he, he to- goes to speed dial, shows his face yes, in there. Yes, he gets a quite cool reception from Alia and Ryan, who are not expecting that. Um, and they tried to tell him to bog off, but he's like, no, you can't make me. I no, work you... here. I, I own this I'm place partially, so stuff you, Alia. Tyrone is also there, and this is a little extra um, facet to the story that's been added, a little few more characters that have been added into this, the mix. This is a bit of crouton on the top of your nice Caesar salad, this is. Yeah. Tyrone has be- chicken Caesar salad, in this case. Yeah, no anchovies. Charlotte Bronte. Um, Tyrone is there having a lunchtime curry with Fizz, and he overhears Jeff pleading his innocence and saying, oh, nobody believes me. She was attacking me. She was abusing me. And he wasn't doing it, obviously, on purpose so that Tyrone would hear him. Because no, I'm he sure had he, no doesn't, idea. he had no idea about this. That was, yeah. that was stories ago. That was, that was award seasons ago. Yeah. He's the one in the line for the awards this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was like, don't muscle in on me, Tyrone. You've had your awards. <laughs> You've had your NTA. Um, so... Tyrone, when it comes to time to pay... Tyrone and Fizz. Tyrone, yeah. Yeah, Tyrone's the one that takes the lead, but it seems that Fizz is also... She, she, she's not there saying, no, I don't think we should believe Jeff. No, I she, think she's, she's standing side by side with Ty. Solidarity, yeah. Yeah, as, as Tyrone says, look, I've been through what, what you went through. Nobody believed me at the time, which was fascinating because we, we suspected at one point, as did a lot of people, I think, that this storyline would go down the route where nobody believes Yasmin and everybody's on Jeff's side, but it actually didn't do that, which was refreshing. But this was a story when the whole st- street turned against the... The obvious victim, wasn't it? This was this was interesting. I, I really like this callback because it it kind of I think it was important to remind people that male like men can be victims of domestic violence too, and don't take this storyline to mean that whenever a man says he's a victim, he's wrong and men yeah, can't that's be true. victims. That's true. I think it was a really important point that Coronation Street, like we we did the work for this guys. We've set the we set down the foundations that you that to tell our viewers to educate them about men who are victims of domestic violence. So mm. don't start on us just because Jeff is a manipulator it, it makes you think it's a different story makes you wonder why Tyrone and Fizz didn't pick up on this a while ago because this this has been out you know public gossip well, for don't forget, a couple it's of one months thing to know about it, it and it's quite another thing to hear the victim being what you think who you think is the victim of what you have gone through being berated in his own work place by somebody who doesn't sympathise with him and you're trying to enjoy your meal mm. and it brings it all back to you because he probably tries to put it out of his mind and then it brings it all back to you when you're just trying to have a nice lunch and so you have to go and say something to him. It makes maybe, sense to me. Maybe Tyrone and Fizz have, have missed out on that juicy bit of gossip because they've been too busy with their boring, dull social lives. They've been too busy social less lives. freaking out over Evelyn having a boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, Tyrone is and now get, in and the they Jeff get free lunch. They do, they get a free club. Free club, free lunch. So, um, Jeff kind of then goes and gloats to Alia, saying, well, not everyone's on your side. <laughs> He's such a little kid. <laughs> Imran comes into the um, in, into Speed Dial later and tells Alia, look, Jeff's got every right to come back and work here, unfortunately. In fact, he was probably banking on you walking. You just need to be strong. Keep your mouth shut, Alia. And, <laughs> and... I loved her expression when when um, when Imran was saying, Alia, you just have to keep quiet. And, and her face was like, yes, but 
But how? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says that Yasmin is going to be phoning her again today at half past three. But little does she know that Jeff is listening in. I love the way... With an evil Machiavellian glare around the corner. I love the way Arlie is like, I will be getting a phone call on my phone at exactly half past three this No distractions, please, Ryan. Make sure I am not disturbed. <laughs> um, so, um, what I do you know? I my phone what do you know? down the next here so scene, I can collect yeah. it at half three when my gran shall be calling me from prison where she is the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? When half three rolls around... The phone is nowhere to be found. And they, give it a, they have a little bit of a look, don't they? Oh, you pointed out there. that Ryan... She's there picking things up and going, where the hell is it? And, and Ryan Ryan's just kind doing... of slipples around on his chair. Uh, this is what... He gives it a man look. This is a husband look. This is like, well, I can't see it from where I am. And it can't be under anything, because that wouldn't make sense. Mm. So they can't do, find the phone. Um, but yes, of course, Jeff has the phone. He's back at home. <laughs> and it rings... It's Yasmin, and um, yeah, he answers. She's she's, she's kind of she's obviously shocked and yeah, yeah scared to to hear well, it. This is him. her safe moment. This is her. Yeah, this she's is probably, caught off guard. She's probably been looking forward to this for days. Mm. She she gets to talk to her beloved grandchild, and it's it's an unfamiliar place. She's scared anyway, and then the sound the, of the voice of her abuser greets her on the other end. Mm. Um, I guess yeah, because she's been caught off guard as well. She might she's where, where she's at her most vulnerable yeah. and most you know easy to be coerced. I suppose. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't now. know. He says, "I had to talk to you. I miss you." He has a proposition for her. Interesting. So, what do you think this is? Oh, this is another good it, Friday it, cliffhanger. Yeah, it, it was quite a good Friday cliffhanger. It feels like, I mean. With everybody turning against Jeff apart from Tyrone, which isn't, you know, isn't much, he needs to, you know, stop this from happening. I, stop I think what? He, he thinks that, I think he's worrying now that everybody's going to, you know, speak up for Yasmin in court and, it, and there's a chance that he is going to be oh. found out. So I think he's going to say to her, look, you want me to, you know, drop the charges? If you come back to me, because he's already started spinning the yarn that he loves her and he wants yeah, her back. That's what I think he's going to do. Try and try and get her to come back to him. And she totally would. Um, she would. He. It makes sense because he's not getting anything out of this situation. He probably thought it was it was brilliant when she first got arrested and he lived. <laughs> <laughs> um, because now he's the victim and um, and he expected sympathy and attention. Um, but he didn't get either of those things. Uh, yeah, so he's better off for Tim. just trying to reset things to how they were beforehand. Well, this is something that he can hold over Yasmin for the rest of their lives. And I said this before on the show that I wouldn't be surprised if if it was possible for this to for them to reconcile that they, that Jeff would try to make that happen because he mm. now has ammunition for every single argument they ever had. Like, remember when you tried to kill me? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you, you you have to clean this up because you tried to kill me that time, and she'll be like, <sighs> "Yeah, she." I can I can totally see scenes like that happening. Do Do you think it's a bit of a? Uh, they're just going back to where they were three months ago. Does this need to extend on and on and on this way? I'm sorry if anyone's finding it that it's dragging because I'm not at all, and I I think it's it's a, a logical evolution of this story. I, yeah, I don't. I don't want. I mean, I always th- thought a this lot was ha- possible. A lot of other things have changed since. I mean, he's got a lot more 
there's a lot more people on Yasmin's side that don't believe him now. I also think it's really fair to explore things, explore it. We know that that often in domestic violence cases, the police will come to a house and they'll find a woman or a man who's been beaten by their partner who refuses to press charges and there's... I don't know what they can do about that. I don't know if they've changed the law or or what is involved. But even people who have gone to prison, they go back. You know, they, their partners take them back. And I think it would be... I think it would be fair of Coronation Street to explore this. Because... It's it, not always an easy... It's not always easy to sympathise with victims of domestic violence when you see them them allowing their abusers back into their lives. But this is what we... This is a lesson we need to learn to sympathise with people in this situation because it's not always cut and dried. And it, the the coercive control and the abusive, abusive emotional manipulation still will have a hold on Yasmin. It's not like she's magically cured. Mm. Um, and... I think it would be interesting to see the reactions of the residents if Yasmin were to um, move back in with Jeff and suddenly everyone now is faced with, but she's, but she was the victim, but now she's gone back to him. So it can't have been that bad. Yeah. We, were we wrong all along to suspect Yeah, we Jeff? shouldn't, like, Yasmin was just lying about how bad it was or... Ali was over exaggerating. Mm. I don't it's know. It's a really, it's a really painful thing to watch somebody go back to their partner, but we know that domestic, domestic abuse cases, it takes. I only know statistics for women, but it takes them several attempts to leave their partners, mm. even when they're being physically abused. Yeah, I don't know how easy it would be, for Jeff to just drop the charges because she has been charged now hasn't she the wheels are in motion is it even up to him i don't know i i I would say maybe not sometimes it isn't up to the victim in in these cases because the the um the law tries to protect them from themselves in a way i suppose the best he could do is maybe wait for the trial to come along which she's i'm sure i'm sure that she was it was a week it was postponed by (laughs) definitely a week has passed now yeah um I suppose in the, when the trial comes, if he's asked to speak or anyone's asked to speak, they, he can just make sure that if she gets off. If he says, I've changed well, my mind, actually, then the jury's not going to send her down, is it, are they? Yeah, if, if he messes around with the case and refuses to give evidence, yeah, I guess it would they, be would very just difficult the case? To, for them to secure a conviction. Mm. Yeah, I guess. And then he could say, not only did you try to kill me, but I got you off of the... Of Maybe this, that's the point when Alia stands up and says, no, she did do it. You keep her locked away. Because wow. She, didn't she say in today's episode that, Uno card. That, uh, that Yasmin was better off in prison and, that, yeah. and this is the freest she's ever been? Oh, my God. That was... I really like that line when she said that. That yeah. was so... That was just so ironic. I know, I know. Yeah, that, that, this story has still got legs in it, having, having had a bit of a chat with you, I think. Um, I'm not sure... I'd be interested to see where the Tyrone bit gets into it. Was it? I don't think. I think it literally is just a throwaway. Let's remind everybody that this storyline, um, we've done this. Before. It doesn't feel like he he would the story would benefit from Jeff see... having an ally in Tyrone and and Fizz. How Fizz and Tyrone can't even help themselves. Mm. I I wondered as well. 
if Fizz was also on Jeff's side, whether Toya, who is a, supposedly a friend of Fizz, who's obviously involved in the case tangentially because of being um, partners with Imran, could kind of then persuade Fizz that Jeff's a wrong one or something. I, so again, I was thinking about breaches. What? Why? I just sometimes my mind So if Fizz is now determined that Jeff is innocent, yeah, could Toya, who is on the anti-Jeff side, I assume, because Imran, you know, it's pillow talk in the Habib household, um, it, she could go and talk to her friend, supposedly, Fizz, to say no, right. blah, 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 blah. Maybe Toya could even blab a bit of case details to Fizz where she shouldn't have done. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really interested in that. I, I also think that it would be quite difficult... I mean, it's going to be difficult to convince Tyrone and Fizz that Jeff is not the victim because there's so much emotional baggage and projection that they would put onto, mm. onto him. And I just, yeah. yeah. I suppose the, the, the biggest um, uh, change this week for me has been Sally firmly putting her flag in Camp Yaz. She's not just. She was. She was on the fence at the beginning of the week, and now there is there is absolutely no turning back. She can't she's change like her mind. She's hostile to Jeff now. Yeah. She's. She has. She's, like you say, she sat out a stall. Mm. She's not. She's not gonna be able to um, weasel her way out of it and try to. Not make herself like she's a target now, isn't it, she? It's whether she now starts investigating and snooping and trying to find what evidence for Jeff, or whether she's just to find doesn't. out at this point. Well, there's there's still the mystery of um, uh, of Tim's mum, isn't there? Which they've yeah. gone a bit quiet on. So she might try and get in touch with her or something, maybe. Or I don't, I don't know. They just need to have honestly a meeting with Sally, Alia, Kathy, Eileen. Get their heads together around a table at speed dial or something, and come up with because a plan. We had between we, them, they could do it. We like because I was talking. I was talking before about what what uh, Jeff's not on trial. He's not the victim. He's not the He's the victim, so what What could they possibly do? And then people pointed out to me that if they can prove a motive that was based in coercive control, yeah. it would be possible to get her off. But obviously, if Jeff tries to get her off anyway, that's not even going to come up. Mm. I don't know, it's going to be a bit weird. That can't... So that, to me, that makes me think that's, that can't really happen because that would be very unsatisfying. The, the story's either got to end here with them collecting evidence, like you say, and, and coming up with things that they can say that I, they witnessed. I think that if Tim's mum got involved, that could be possibly something that makes Tim realise, hang on a minute, my dad's not all that. Or even the chicken thing, because I don't think that Tim knows that his dad killed Charlotte Bronte and fed her to Yasmin. And I would I would really hope that if Tim did know that, he wouldn't be able to, you know, find I some think, explana- reasonable no, explanation for it. I think Tim will be it. like, uh, what's the problem? He did the same thing with our chihuahua when I was a lad. Shot on um, the barbecue. He did... There was what was the thing that Jeff did with the dog? There was a, there was there something, was something he did. There to was a dog, the story of the family dog, wasn't there? Anyway, I think that Jeff needs to chop up Tiny and turn him into horse burgers and send him off to the glue factory. What's left with him? And, send him off to Iceland for the And that would finally make Tim see. I think yeah. It's either got to stop here with Jeff sort of being unmasked during the trial, or it continues with Jeff letting Yasmin off the hook. Mm. 
I, I, it feels like there is no end in sight. I know. I'm not, I'm not particularly complaining. It's just when Yasmin, I do, I do sometimes think that when Yasmin starts saying, oh, yes, but Jeffy did it for my own good and he's because he loves me, I go, no, Yasmin, you turned a corner so many times. But you've got to understand. I do, I do understand. It's just frustrating. that you, like, everything you thought was true is, is yeah. a figment it's, of somebody It's very else's understandable because as a viewer, it's a bit frustrating. I know, yeah, I understand. Right, from one bit of drama to another, Ollie Wobbles, How come Gemma. I'm doing Ollie Wobbles? You said you wanted to do Ollie Wobbles no, today. No, I said I wanted to do Yasmin, didn't oh, yeah, I? you did, didn't you? Oh, well, tough. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you're, Damn you're it, wobbling. I'm stuck with the, the, the terminally ill child. Yeah, go for it. Oh, no. Right, okay, so um, on Monday... Oh, they had a very artistic start to the... Uh, oh, yes, I did, I love that. To, to the week with this, because Monday started with feet running across the cobbles to start the episode off. I actually looked at that and I thought, this isn't a Matt Hilton, is it? Well, was it? No, it I wasn't. Think it, was. it wasn't, but yeah, the, the feet running across the cobbles, it's like, ooh, who is that? I mean, I, I think, think we knew who it was, this, but I, I enjoyed, I did enjoy that. This shot. made more sense to me as as artistic uh, flourish than it did um, any, anything that made sense in, in the story because it's Leanne running along because she wants Ollie back from... Um, Steve. He's, Steve's he's house. Taking Ollie over She's just suddenly woken up, I think, and decided that she wants her kid back and, and Nick's following yeah. her. They're both wearing their... Yeah, and uh, he tries to tell her to calm down. And then, oh, we get Dr. Gaddis comes around, and she? Yeah, he's he's called Gaddis in because he thinks that Leanne's going a bit nuts and maybe Jack Gaddis will be able to help her out. But she's not interested, is she? Dr. Gaddis is like, this would have been so much easier if I'd still had a counsellor. <laughs> yeah, I've got nobody to recommend now. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't your sister the counsellor that used to work for me? I don't even know why I'm here, Nick. <laughs> got people that are ill anyway yeah so she's not sleeping etc and she won't go to counseling or anything so i don't really remember what dr gaddis says i, d- I didn't think uh, i don't either and, and you know i usually like, really pay something. attention during gaddis scenes but okay it, it, like the kathy gone, stuff in the oh, yasmin story i thought it was sad. gonna turn into more and, and it didn't no. or at least with that particular character then toya comes and visits the Anne, who is getting mad and then she steps on the toy car that we know is Ollie's Unfavorite. passion for life. And he's always loved that, the best car ever. Breaks it and she's trying to fix it. And she's stressing and shouting, saying, I'm not going to cancelling. Uh, toy, you can't tell me what to do. You're not a mum and you never will be. <laughs> Again. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just want to make a little, put a little complaint in here and say, we've seen this before, literally last week. Leanne accused Toya of not understanding how could she possibly this she's is never what been gives a mum. I've sympathy heard that for Toya because I can un- um, Leanne because I can understand like saying something awful once and then realizing that you've made a terrible mistake and you've hurt somebody for no reason. Like, I can't understand saying it another again. Like we know I heard you. Yes, I'm not a mum and I never will be. Thank mm. you very much for saying this to me. I just felt that this bit could be con- all have been condensed into one. Um, she she says I'm sorry, and but then she starts up again. She says you don't know what heartbreak is. You should be thankful you can't have kids. And Toya just gives her this heartbroken look. She doesn't. She just knows not to say anything because if she says anything, she will. There'll just be an argument, and mm. it's not going to help anybody. So you thought that as a counsellor, she might know what to say in all situations of drama. Shut but. up, about <laughs> you. 
on Wednesday. Yeah, but it's difficult. Yeah, being a counsellor is easy when you're removed, removed from, from the, the situation, situation. And you can say, but how did that make you feel? Mm. And and have you spoken to anyone about Chloe it? Chloe needs to go home to ask herself how it made her feel. She has to look in the mirror and then and says, how does it make you feel? <laughs> She's not an improv counsellor. She's counselor. so mean. On Wednesday, Nick speaks to Leanne about Toya coming over to see her um, upset. And he's like, stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like yeah well guess what <laughs> Imran comes over and he's like the same well yeah he, he phones up and it's like uh, he, he calls up their flat doesn't it and it beep, feels beep, like beep, there's beep, a, beep. an Imran imminent although he does he does keep his calm he's, doesn't he's he he's pretty um, restrained really for somebody who has what like seen their partner be mentally abused twice, twice in one week twice now by some annoying uppity woman who has also ruined his chances for being a far to be a father in the near future yeah i think i i throw a few things the fostering did, did they even get mentioned no. this week they moved on from that They're like well we're not doing that now let's <laughs> should we just get a cat yes yeah get a cat um, Imran says, look, Toya is very forgiving, but you've got no right to talk to her like that. And no matter what you think, you need help. And Nick agrees. And he says there's a support group for families who have a terminal illness. And I heard about it on the ITV website. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's not ready to talk about it. And it, I can really understand. Yeah. Because if you go to this, it becomes real, doesn't it? Mm. It's another step towards accepting... Mm. Yeah, Accepting the clock's ticking on Ollie's life. Um, now, now Simon's sulking, and Jenny's trying yeah, to talk he, to he's him. He's gone over in and delivered Peter, hasn't he? At the Rovers. Yeah. Why don't you revise? And he's like, oh, I don't need to. I'm in a soap. <laughs> no, I don't says, need exams. Um, I do it to make your mum proud. And he's like, Oh, she wouldn't even notice if I did anything, which I can sympathise with again. Um, no point. I, I only ever did anything to make my mum and dad proud of me. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so I'm, Nick's like, right, you need to talk. That's it. Enough is enough. I'm talking to Leanne, and you need to talk Leanne, to Leanne. Stop, stop it. Because because all this time she he's he's been pushed further and further out, and she's she's just not opening up to him. And as her partner, he and you know ex husband twice maybe. Or he she, she he really deserves a bit of. Um, respect and opportunity to air his views well everything's uh, this is the thing everything is about Leanne right now she's made the whole thing about herself and so selfish well she has a little bit sort of like completely minimised everybody else's grief and feelings she doesn't care that Toya can't have kids because her pain is, is worse well she, she, doesn't, no, she doesn't she still doesn't know about the fostering does no. she Leanne no but she can't Toya can't have kids that's why she's fostering yeah um although that shouldn't be the only reason that you consider it just just uh, <laughs> um she she's she doesn't care that what Nick feels about it she doesn't care about Steve the fact that he's the the father of Ollie literally all she care, all she can think about is how sad she is and how mad she is, and obviously that's un- totally understandable. But really, this whole story is about how Leanne is not coping, mm. and she's not interested in anyone else, and she doesn't care about other people's feelings, and she doesn't care about what other people are having time with Ollie. Yeah, and and she doesn't want to talk to anybody about it. She just kind of wants to sit in the feeling of 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 grief and anger. 
Um, but but Nick's not really prepared to um to let that continue anymore because she, she's not just being self destructive. Yeah. Well, she's not just doing that, but she's bringing everyone else around down such with her. Such a downer, Leanne. She's then I don't know what is wrong with you, but you are such a bummer these days. <laughs> well, she's already kind of jeopardizing uh, Simon's future because now he's not paying attention to his work it's not her fault but and 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 she unknowingly has prevented toya and imran from um fostering yeah i mean if simon you know if he fails another exam or if he if he walks out of his general studies gcse then what is going to happen yeah um she starts crying that whenever she sees simon she remembers ollie will never be that age and it makes her really I thought angry that was really sad and that's she says, why she's mad at simon because yeah. he's living longer than ollie ever will and she she wants to die as well. Ugh. Um, he says, we can get through this together. And she nods. And she goes to see Simon at the Rovers to apologise. And he he understands and accepts her apology. But I don't think he wants to go back to live with her. No, I can't remember. He's, she says, come back and live with me. But I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. He wasn't hanging around on Friday. Um, Friday, he's like, Leanne. Nick says to Leanne, listen... Get counselling. Everyone's sick of you. <laughs> Stop crying all the time. Please get some counselling. But she's very reluctant about it. And then Toya goes round and she Leanne apologises again. I don't know why I don't know why Toya accepts this. I would say She to, said she had very broad shoulders stop or something. Apologising. How about stop being a raging bitch in the first place and you have to apologise all the time? Have you ever thought of taking up counselling, Gemma? Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> What do I need counselling for? This no, is just no, being a counsellor. Oh yeah, not being a bitch to everybody, Leah. Have you gonna, thought of that? I thought you were saying I need to get counselling to stop being a bitch, but this is just how I am. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be great as a counsellor. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, have you even seen Coronation Street? Because people go through so much more than you are. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> so. So they talk about support groups again, and Leanne's like, no, oh, no, I don't know. It just sounds really depressing. And uh, Toy says, I have an idea. That was really funny. It was another one of these soap things. It's like, I've got an idea. I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to end the scene now. And I'm going to go away. And don't, don't ask me any questions about what my idea is. I know. I I'm going to come back later with toy, my idea. I think if I was Leanne, I'd be like, I'm very emotionally fragile. Just tell me. Is it going to be a parade? Because <laughs> I can't cope. <laughs> but she comes back with the head of the support group. He was very obliging and lovely. I don't know why she's got time to do this, but apparently house calls are part of the of the gig. Um, I assume I think it's some she was kind one of charity. Of friend or something. Well, oh, I she, can't remember. Um, I assume I assume this is the, this woman's full time job. I would hope that it'd be nice if this was a mm. a thing that was funded. Um, yeah. So she comes around and sees Leanne and says. Um, I thought it was her nephew. Maybe I misheard. No, you might have been. I've written son here, but young talk- boy relation. Le- I too knew a young boy. <laughs> Leanne is left alone, and they and she talks. She goes through this book of of kids with all terminal diseases. Leanne's like, "Find me." I thought I was a downer. <laughs> you you take the biscuit here, woman. Yeah. Um, and and she talks about it. Oh, I think it's a smack in the face to Leanne as well because. It's, it's, it's Leanne realising that she's not the only person going through this. And it's really not 
it really shouldn't matter, should it? Because your grief it doesn't isn't lightened by others suffering from the same from the same thing, but it does help to talk to other people. And I don't know. Yeah, well, the, the, she, Leanne wants to know like, how, how did you manage to cope through this, and and the woman says, "Well, my son slash nephew, I, I just made sure that I." enjoyed all the any whatever moments I had with him I, I didn't want to wallow in it I just had a, a wonderful time with him and um and and he ended up living two years longer than he I was even like supposed this. to I thought this was a bit she says oh he got given four years to live but he he was around for six years and I took every day what didn't take any day for granted or whatever but yeah, I just yeah, thought oh don't tell her that because Leanne will be like now I can well, just Ollie's see. not been given a no he hasn't been given a time frame but I can just imagine now now she's been told he got given four years but he now he got six if if Ollie gets given a time frame and then he doesn't live as long as that she's gonna get mad because now she's been given yeah this kind of but all these children have different things yeah you've, don't you you promised me 50% extra free yeah <laughs> <laughs> want my money back. They're getting rid of deals now because <laughs> of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was that, this was left a, a very tragic... And she was talking about the camping trip they went on and everything, and it, it looks... And, and I think that Toya did say something like it. It's not, it's not a depressing group. I don't see how that can be true, mm. but um, well, I've never been to a support group. It'll be interesting to see what so Leanne takes what like. from this because, as we know... Ollie's not going to be able to feature in much more, if any, of this story because they can't have the 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 kid or is it kids? I can't remember who play Ollie on set anymore, and it may well be. And I, I I've got honestly no idea how long they're planning to keep Ollie around, but yeah, he could just die off screen. <laughs> well, they're not going to let them. The, the, well, the woman says, "Oh, you can have you can bring the children to the support group if you want to," and Leanne's horrified at the idea of bringing Ollie because she's trying to protect well, him as handy. much as possible. Mm. Um, We're just not going to be able to see lots of lovely things that they do together, are we? It is It's kind of like, whenever there's any kind of... Now it seems like on Corey, whenever something mental healthy happens, there's always a scene where they go to a support group. Yeah, think. there is a lot of that. We, I mean, we had it with Gemma not long ago, did we? I mean, yeah, exactly. And it, obviously it makes sense and it's appropriate and mm. this is what people do. But again, doesn't it show you that it feels like the, the focus is very much, very heavily on certain stories in Corrie that never existed before? Mm. And it's good that it's good that things are being tackled, and um, obviously I'm not complaining about that at all. But I am pointing out that it feels very much as though we're telling a certain type of story in a certain type of way. Mm. Now, I don't know how much. I don't know. I, does it first, almost just feel like it's a swap out the issue because the characters does. go through the same motions? It feels a bit like. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this week was very much like Leanne saying, no, I don't want to go to counselling. Oh, as a counsellor, it's not too bad, actually, which we did get with... that's fine. It is, but I think we did get that with Gemma, didn't we? I don't want to go to a support group without my postnatal depression. Oh, actually, the support group was quite helpful. Yeah. And I don't think there was a whole lot of drama, drama drama-wise. And maybe maybe even though I complained a bit about the Toya getting shouted at again... That that was the drama. that was the drama this week, wasn't it? Because otherwise, it would have just been very much a case of watching this poor mother going through an awful situation, and it. 
Well, there always has to be conflict. Yeah, there was. There? There wouldn't have been any conflict. But yeah, like I say, I just feel as though it's wandering so far away from what what Corey used to be about, and 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 it sounds so stupid for me to moan about this because I never cared before. And it's like like I'm a poser. Like I watched the sixties episodes, and now I know what real drama is. But we never had any of this stuff. We never had sickness. We never had counselling. We never had, we never had all this stuff. But and support groups and things, and we still managed to make compelling drama. And, and but why now? Why does every story just feel like it goes down the same route? Mm. The, the issues ones. Well. Yeah, because we have the the issue stories and the the like I said the, the illness stories and the mental health stories and they're all really important. Yeah, but maybe I don't want to ever too say, much of a safe path. I don't want to ever say this is this is like oh don't do this, but it gets very predictable because they're being responsible. That's a trouble. <laughs> I think that's a trouble. <laughs> They've got to be responsible. They can't just be like oh Leanne's a nutter. She's gone crazy. She's worried about a baby. Just tell her to have another one. You know what I mean? Like they probably would have done in in the sixties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you sure she's had a baby? Oh, we've looked in the rubble and there's not one here. She's probably just crazy. <laughs> you know what women are like. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm still and, enjoying and, but it. But then though. again, you know, we went through a phases where it was literally just the plats and drug dealers. And then we went through a phase where it was like, oh, everyone's having an affair with everybody else. Yeah. It does go through trends on Coronation Street, but it just really does feel like for the past few years since Hayley, I feel as though there's been like a big medical story and then everybody's coping and talking about their feelings. Mm, and and yeah, I don't... Sad. I find it repetitive. Yeah. I'm not I'm not particularly minding with this story. I'm enjoying the mix of characters they've got there. The fact, as I've said before, that they're killing off a child is interesting to me. Don't use that against me in court. Yeah, this is going to be a sound clip. Um, but, yeah, if... if they, they, they've got to... Honestly, they've got to give it a rest after this one. Otherwise, it's... I really... If they have any more medical stories where people are dying, I just... It just seems like a... Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Like, real life, yes, we've gone through this. We've gone through this ourselves. Like, well, my my friend's going through this. But also, other things happen. <laughs> other things. And, and that's why I like the coercive control storyline, because it's something that's important, it's relevant, it's timely, it challenges people, it makes people think more about what they want other people's experiences and it's an extreme dramatic version of of a real life thing yeah that's why i like it but there's opportunity for other other stories but it's also why i like the 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 softer nicer storylines like the roy and evelyn the fizz and tyrone stuff recently i know and it's like it's again it's silly because you know it's romances have been the backbone of soaps and we there's no new way to tell a romance story is there mm. there's just different people and different characters yeah. i think it's just because these are so heavy as well mm. it wouldn't it, if if everyone thought that these storylines were great fun and really hilarious then i wouldn't complain about <laughs> it but it takes an it does it takes an emotional toll on yeah. you and it's easy we we distance ourselves from these things by being light-hearted about them and and making jokes and stuff not everybody does that. Mm. Um, and there have been it, lots of people tough. that are saying they're switching off or, you know, this is too depressing. It's difficult because you, wanna, you want to tackle things that mean something to people. But if it, if it hits too close to home, it, it, becomes, it becomes a... You don't want to be doing emotional labour while you're watching a soap. Mm. 
Not all the time. Before before we move on to the next story, I think we need to talk a little bit about maybe the more light-hearted side of this, which was spot the social distancing scene. <laughs> because this week was the first time that we got to see a little bit of the post-lockdown filming, which was only, what, three, four weeks ago, maybe? So this must have been one of the closest ever Coronation Street, or not ever, for a long time, that Coronation Street has been to the filming date when they broadcast it. Um, because, I mean, it, it was probably fairly obvious but I don't know I, w- I wonder whether to the, the the casual viewers or the people that weren't looking out for it how obvious was it that in these in the scenes in Leanne and Nick's flat everybody was stood far apart from each other also Nick's hair colour changes can I just say something also Simon's afro puffs out <laughs> can I just say that I think it is a very British thing to be physically distant when you're guarded and you're feeling emotionally vulnerable. I don't think as a race, we're very touchy-feely kind of. We don't, uh, um, obviously I'm generalising, but to me, watching that scene where you had Toya, Leanne, the counsellor and Nick all in like basically like they could be in four corners of a, of a boxing ring having a discussion about how Leanne needs counselling. It, it didn't felt feel odd to me. right to me because people do this. They physically distance themselves because they want to be emotionally distant. And I know that um, I know that it's easy to show emotion between characters by by touch. And obviously, quite often, actors will rely on that. You know, to mm. touch touch somebody or you know, embracing or or just being physically close and mirroring your body language. But I think that they've all done a really good job of in their performances to make it seem natural. Yeah, see, I the, there was the one scene on Wednesday where Leanne was having a good old cry to Nick and it felt like he should have given her a hug. And I think when Bren Price did his back-to-work interviews um, mid-June, he said, oh, sometimes you, your character, you think they would hug, but you just have to use your looks. But even then... Luckily, he's been blessed with good ones. <laughs> even then... It, it, it made sense it, to me yeah. because and it was, I was the manifestation of the of the mental distance between the two because Nick fit. is trying to reach Leanne emotionally and the physical distance just was like a, a metaphor for mm. that because she is so enclosed in her own grief like a like it's a bu- like it's a bubble around her and mm. nobody can penetrate it. So on Monday, those of us who would look on social media and everything had been warned this is going to have some post-lockdown scenes. And I was worried before Monday's episode that I would be too distracted looking out for them. And I think on Monday, maybe I was a little bit. I was going, oh, they look, they're far apart from each other. Oh, they're like, oh look, Nick's got a beard there. Oh, and here, he, here he hasn't. But by today, honestly, I'd forgotten. And I was about two-thirds of the way through tonight's episode. And I caught myself thinking, oh, I haven't checked to see if there are any social distancing. Oh, yeah, they are there. Which is good because I think that if if we're not if it still is majorly distracting, then it's it's going to be a real shame. I hope that I just think they've it's done just going to feel good. natural and normal. I think it's been good so far. Yes, it's a shame that the hair colours were different and the and and Simon's hair is much much longer in the scene in the Rovers, but you can't. What can you do? You you gotta you gotta forgive them for that. Shoot them all and you? start again. But apart for the actual distancing bit itself, honestly, it felt quite natural to me. I did. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. They did a great job. It was it was the performances, 
and the setup and the the camera work that you know mm. not everybody looked that that like they were two meters apart from each other they they did a great job i suppose once they start having it with all of the storylines because i think it was just this storyline yeah, i think you're right it, it might be a bit more noticeable there because that if you go think about the factory scenes today like yeah. when kurt was taking yeah. michael's sandwich don't eat his sandwich then to have scenes like that with everybody far apart maybe that's gonna look odd but I'm I'm really really hoping. Yeah, but don't forget. I'm not gonna. It's, it's gonna just become natural, and I won't notice because it'll be too distracting for me. Yeah, but don't forget that once we get to a certain stage, they will be in Corona Land with us, so it will make sense. It that... won't. It doesn't make sense when you've got two people that supposedly live with each other sitting on two ends of the sofa. Mm. But it does make sense if you had everybody in the factory with masks on going, don't come near me, plague bearer. I bet the Coronation Street are higher ups at some point. Why did we have so many people living in the same household together on Coronation Street? Why did we cram 15 people living in Gail's house? Because they were going to have to make them... And they're not going to be able to be next to each other. And also, why did we inexplicably hire about three or four rando people in the factory with no specific job titles just right this second? Yes. <laughs> Typical. We've got Alina, you've got Michael, you've got Toya. Yeah. All work there doing unspecified jobs. I mean, Michael's on sales and Alina does... Alina picks the papers up and sort of Give taps shuffle, them. yeah. I I, and I really I do not know what Toya does at the factory. I'm sorry. Toya is like I don't um, know the the Deanna Troy of um of Star Trek. She probably just stands there and well, the guy is the other side of the like negotiating like the prices of pants and he, she's like I I'm sensing that he 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 wants to get a good deal. He he really wants our prices to be lower. Thank you very much, Toya. <laughs> we would uh, we would not be able to do this without you. <laughs> There's also I suppose. Is it like two weeks' time, I think, that um, that the all of Coronation Street is going to be post-lockdown? I suppose then that's when you're going to start to really notice I bet they're it. really annoyed as well because one of the some of the things that they said they were going to implement now aren't actually what we do. I know. Like they've so, said, oh, the Rovers is going to be giving takeaways. and So you are allowed in pubs now, aren't you? Yeah. You yeah, are. from last Saturday. So I just... I re- I <laughs> it's think like, God it's, damn it. You I, people wanted this and now look what you've done. I think it's going to feel awkward and I'm still not convinced whether they're going to have this time jump or not. I, the the closer we get to the date, the more I'm thinking they're not going to have a time jump. They're, they're just going to make us think that it's happened and nobody noticed it before. I think it's I always. I think I I I'm perfectly. When I was watching this today, I was thinking I would be perfectly fine if it just went from one week to the next, so, and it so. was suddenly everyone's wearing face masks, and they've been doing this the whole time. No, I'm. I think when they do it, I I I honestly I only I think the time jump is the only way for it to not seem majorly awkward. But I don't think they're going to do it. It's going to be. I would rather. Well, there's no point. There, there's it. there's no the point. We will see, won't we? we get, in a few weeks. The further through we get to this weird process of being in a pandemic, the more we have acclimatized ourselves to it, like frogs in a boiling pot, mm. and nothing is weird anymore mm. and we're all just over it i don't know how it is on emmerdale now because i assume they've got past their you know two-hander lockdown episode so in in the land of emmerdale corona has definitely happened and people have spent an amount of time in lockdown yeah they can refer to that 
Oh, I, I don't know. I'm... Maybe they're going to say, like, oh, Weatherfield's having a local lockdown. That's why everybody's still doing takeaways. I just don't know. I'm I'm kind of cringing and dreading and thinking this is going to feel really awkward. I just need to rip that plaster off and see how they cope with it. And I'm sure they've done Stop the best raining. they can. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, won't we? Um, let's let's move on to the Roy story now. Sorry, it wasn't Roy. He he tried to insert himself into the story, yeah, but it really, on you. it's the Arthur and Evelyn story, which again I absolutely loved. Um, so there's a bit more teasing from Tyrone on Monday about Evelyn and Arthur going out on a date. They're going to walk by the Rochdale Canal today, which is apparently a very romantic spot. Is it real? Yeah, I assume so. There's a lot of canals up there. I know there's so lots of canals. Roy finds out about this and he he gets a proper full-on geek mode about the canal and starts talking their ears off all about it. Um, and Evelyn invites him along, having just heard Arthur saying that it's a romantic spot because Evelyn's been resisting, resisting, resisting. Oh, the... it's very nice. Oh, good. I think it's a nice picture. Oh, so it looks like the sort of place I'd like to speed walk with my mum. <laughs> yeah, Evelyn's been trying to resist the, you know, taking that big step with Arthur. And I think at this point she's thinking, well, if I invite Roy along, then that's going to be my excuse for today or why I don't take things further, why I don't hold his hand or whatever. So um, Arthur's looking pretty miffed by this. And he tells Evelyn later when Roy's getting ready, look, I hoped it would just be me and you on this trip. And Evelyn lies and says, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, well, what can you do? Um, but he pretty much invited himself, didn't he? So Wednesday, we don't get to see any of this walk, but they've returned from it pretty quickly. Evelyn has um, made up the fact that Cerberus's arthritis is playing up. Um, and, the, yeah, it, it's all over, really. So Roy says, well, maybe we can have a picnic next time. And Arthur seems pretty annoyed about that because he's desperate just to get some alone time with lovely Evelyn. Get a bra off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Nina has to spell it out to Roy that Evelyn and Arthur were on a date and he, <laughs> they only let him come along so not to be rude. And it was in a way it was kind of funny to have Nina explain these this very obvious situation to Roy. But to be honest, while I was watching that on Wednesday, I was thinking, is Roy that socially inept? And I know he's very socially inept, but I, I, I do wonder whether he would have picked up on those vibes especially as he's no stranger to romance, being part of one of Coronation Street's most iconic couples. I don't know, I, I just thought he, he might have spotted that. I think... It was, kind of, it was funny to have her explain it. Yeah. Uh, the further through we get with Roy as a character, the more it, it does kind of annoy me a little bit that they don't want to say he's autistic. Mm. They're not going to, are they? Because I don't think... I think they're trying to do it as a way of sort of excusing themselves of any getting anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't so. want to open themselves up to criticism. But he clearly is not picking up on social cues. And he, to me, he just... it just And it would be really cool to have representation of, of somebody like that on, on Coronation Street. Mm. Because you, like, if you, you do get yourself in trouble because you don't pick up on things that everyone else thinks are obvious and yeah. uh, but to, to if you're autistic it's like a secret code that nobody's told you about. sometimes roy can be quite astute but that does yeah but you know yeah anyway so roy goes round to see evelyn later and apologizes he she says he didn't realize that she and arthur were romantically involved and of course evelyn says no bloody well not you bugger off roy i'm not having any of that she what well, she was whisking up a Something was oh, she was whisking up an omelette or something, and she she wants to get back on with that. So they go to the pub later. Roy buys Evelyn a drink, and she's still denying her feelings about Arthur. And um, when he tells her 
that, well, you know what, Arthur um, clearly thinks very highly of you. She does allow herself a, a wee little smile. Aww. Um, back at home, she, she goes home, phones up Arthur to apologise, and she gets all there. She kind of tripping over her words and everything. She doesn't see. She's getting all tongue-tied about it. And she... she she can barely bring herself to apologise. And when she does, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about Cerberus's ar- uh, arthritis earlier. Maybe we could try and have a walk, just maybe me and you together sometime. And then so this Sunday, and she says, it's a date. And then she goes, kind of squirms at her yeah, choice of words there. Yeah, she just at herself for saying date. Yeah. Oh! It's, it's very cute. It's such a shame he's a murderer. No, he's not, just in your head. Um, I'll just get on with it. Get no, shut it, up. What the hell's wrong I, I, with you? I'm really, you really be, loving it. But I just want, to, I want them to have a happy ending. Oh, I'm fed up with them pushing couples together and they're giving them no chance to get romance. Oh, why don't they all just get to... Get, no. Oh, they just shag already. No, I want to see the romance now. They're still in the pre-romance stage. They're not. They are clearly romancing each other, but they won't admit it. That's why it's sweet and funny. It, it, it is. It They've is very sweet. They've been on dates. This is not the first. This is not the first date. They've been on dates. I want them to properly. I want to have a week where um, this story is the headliner because it always comes at the end, doesn't it? It's always they get a couple of scenes this episode kind of treat to watch. I. I, I and and with um, skipping down the Rochdale Canal, and, and sadly we've we've got two weeks until they go full on post lockdown, and we're not going to be seeing any of Evelyn and Arthur after that, are they? No. So it it could well be, and I I haven't looked at any previews for the next two weeks. This could be the stopping point for this romance for an incredibly long time. They and might that not makes be me really sad. They're not in each other's bubbles. No, they're not. They're not. I mean, I was wondering as well whether we could get... We we wonder whether that Arthur's ill or anything. I wonder whether an, another ending of this could be that Arthur gets fed up of Evelyn not picking up on his hints that he wants to bone her and he, he gives up on her. And then that would be tragic as well, wouldn't it? He's like, well, obviously Evelyn doesn't like me like well, if that. If he thinks he's got anyone else who's a patch on Evelyn... Waiting in the wings. He's sorely mistaken. <laughs> I know, because she's got a good heart, hasn't she? Really, really, really <laughs> sweet stuff. She doesn't really. I, I think I hadn't actually... Everyone. Before yeah. I mentioned it, though, I hadn't actually put two and two together and realised that we might not be seeing any more of this for an incredibly long time now, and that's really depressed me. Oh, dear. I've really, really enjoyed this story as, this as slow I mean. as it's been. This is the sort of stuff I'm, I like. Yeah. I really like this kind of... Like, character building, relationship building... Funny, interesting, it brings up new dy- na- dynamics. Would you, would you rather they just put it on hold or would you rather we hear a, like Tyrone and Fizz talking about it and so we know that it's still going on? I think that would be the smart thing to do. I'd rather I'd rather they carried on than mm. gone, oh, well, we can't do this story anymore, so he's just going to dump her. They have said that when, when they get to the post-coronavirus part of Coronation Street that they will talk about older characters shielding or... Or whatnot. So maybe they'll say, maybe they they could just use it as an excuse and say, well, Evelyn and Arthur can't see each other anymore, and then it'll be even more tragic. Oh, like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I know. But they hopefully, well, don't die at the end. Hopefully not. Next. Who's the nurse? Um, Cerberus. Right. Yeah. Next is who's Friar Lawrence? Anyway, <laughs> Grace. Mercutio. Grace. Michael. Right. Uh, is what I say to this story. This week. Oh, have you heard the theory going around oh, about what? these two? 
What? We'll get there in a minute. I probably have. I think it's a juicy theory. Oh, well, it has, we'll get to it at the and end. And it has kind of ignited my interest in this, as long as it's true. They're really brother and sister. No. Yeah, Grace she's... is really Dee Dee. <laughs> <laughs> she's been away a long time. He's forgotten she's what a, she's looked like. She's, she's his been mum. been recast. She's his real mum. No, we'll get to it in a minute. He's What's... Batman. What? I don't know. Monday. Tell us what happened. James overhears Michael booking a table for two for him and Grace. And um, he knows that he's keeping it a secret that they are becoming romantically involved from Aggie. Uh, yeah, at least in Michael's head anyway. Um, and he thinks that he should tell Aggie because she's going to hit the roof if she doesn't find out mm. from him. In the cafe later... James is like, right, Michael, we've got to tell Aggie about this. Try to tell mum. She's over there, look. And she's like, what? No way. She's such a flake. How could you? And um, and then Michael's like, well, if you don't like it, maybe I should just move out. And Aggie's like, go on then. <laughs> don't get my hopes up. To be fair, I mean, he is like in his late 20s now. Maybe it's about time. I mean, we know that the the real estate problem in uh, Weatherfield is ridiculous, but I'm sure he could find somewhere to bunk. Yeah. Wednesday, Ed tells Aggie that she needs to back off when it comes to Michael and Grace because he wants to be a dad to Deanna and, you know, it does make sense, doesn't it, to get back together with the woman who's had your baby? But it's nice if you're both up for it. Well, yeah. So everyone, I, I know people are talking about this, there's definitely animosity between Aggie and Grace that really has not been it's explained. Not really. Because Aggie is a lovely woman and she seems sort of very kind-hearted and warm and generous to everybody except for Grace. The, the and that's why I keep is, thinking there must be something more to this that we haven't found out. I but am, why not tell us? I am no Grace fan by any any means, but this is putting me off Aggie a bit more. I just think, I don't know, because I always used to be like a bit of a Grace champion, didn't I? Like there must be something must like it. There must be something more to this story because you don't just enter someone else's family antagonistically. Mm. And Aggie is so horrible to her. I just, it just feels like there's some kind of missing event that would make sense of all of this dynamics. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe this could be part of the theory. I hadn't thought of it about it before. But when we get there in a minute. Okay. Yeah. So um, he wants to be a father. So so they have this date time. And um, they're both in the bistro. Bistro, <laughs> and uh, oh, you'd be forgiven for not recognising it because it has oh, been yeah, recently refurbished. And I said Grace looked like she was dressed as a banana because <laughs> she had like a ripening banana. <laughs> you did, didn't you? Because she had a yellow, a yellow blouse with these little brown splodges all over it. <laughs> um, he says, "Can we please try again?" And she's like, "No, back away." I do like you, but I don't think it will work out. She's just she looked very awkward. She like she still like she, she wants like, oh, to no. say something, but she can't. Mm, your mum's a big bitch, is what she wants to say. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to work out, especially with the way your mum is acting. And then she leaves. Uh, I don't know enough about what evil mother-in-laws are like. Good. I know that. Well, you know I do. I know that. I know that some women just do, cannot cope with a new daughter-in-law because they get jealous but it doesn't seem like that with with aggie this feels like something happened between grace and aggie that we don't know about mm, quite possibly friday michael tells aggie what happened there we go friday's episode so and so tells so and so about what happened between him and so and so last last episode you don't forget yeah okay and they argue about how much she's interfering and then she brings him a, a comedy sandwich 
at lunchtime, which was salami, kiwi and hummus. Yeah. And Kirk eats it because it's funny mm. that he likes her cooking. And he just says, I don't, I don't, we don't want to fight with you, but I, I just want you to stop. She I want to stop you him. from being hurt, not being happy. Yeah. Because I don't think this is right. Yeah. But fine, whatever. So the theory is, Jammer, which I hadn't, I don't think I'd considered until a few days ago when I saw somebody post it online, is that Michael isn't actually Tiana's dad. And who knows this? Just, just Grace. Nobody knows. Well, quite possibly, but then well, it could, could well Grace be, could well be Aggie as well. I mean, that that family is full of secrets, isn't it? Is. it? Well, Ever since they've arrived, the, each of, of them has had a secret of, about something. Secret of, gambler, secret gay footballer, secret. I killed somebody when I was a nurse. Secret... Secret daughter. Yeah. Why not secret not daughter? Go on, what were you saying? No, I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. What do you think about that? Do you think that's possible? Do you think... Would that be juicy for you? Um... So I he, mean, it's juicy from a soap perspective. It makes Michael more interesting to me because... I. Like, Pat, I'm really sorry to say, but whenever somebody becomes a parent, they instantly become less interesting because all they care about is their kid, which mm. is correct, obviously, but I'm not interested in storylines about kids. And Gemma's who, become four times less interesting. Yeah, and who babysits them. That's what that The first five or six years of, of somebody having a baby on Coronation Street, for the blokes, it's like nothing's changed. And for the women, it's like... Oh, who's going to babysit? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Leandra count herself lucky because they're cutting that <laughs> shut period. Shut up, shut <laughs> up. So, but, but, but Michael seemed like, seems like a really, like he's really into having a kid and it would devastate him. Mm. I know that there was some criticism of the fact that, that Michael was, because Michael's like one of, like a, uh, one of the few black characters on the show and he was estranged from his family and I know that there is, um, like black fathers not being present in families is a massive issue, but I don't, I I hadn't really come across that as something that is a big thing in the UK. No. So to me, when when it turned out that Michael was a dad of a of a family that he wasn't with, to me it didn't set off alarm bells like oh this is a really negative portrayal of of a of a black no, person and it's um adding to bad stereotypes. Because so I don't, I just, or maybe I'm being ignorant, but I really don't think that in the UK. That is something that no. is a problem for, no. as much as it is in a different country. Mm. So, so I so there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of political baggage with this storyline, because yet again, Carnation Street is in a situation whereby they have a group or a person who is representing um, a, a bigger group or minority that isn't represented as well, and so everything they do has a greater impact. It, so this messing around with the parentage and. And and stuff. I don't know. It's like, well, be careful where you step with this because I know that Bailey's, as well as being all about the secrets, they've all been all about the issues, haven't they? But it doesn't feel to me like this is an issue story. Well, if it turns out that Mike, like, if Michael isn't Tiana's real dad, it's just pure soap drama, that, isn't that it? Would, if, if, it? If we find that out, all of a sudden this story, which has been trudging along for like six, seven months now, suddenly takes a massive upturn for me. Well, it would make sense why Grace suddenly went cold when Michael was like, let's get together again. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder why she originally said, yes, she's yours. I can't remember because it was so long ago now. Well, like, he met did her in get... the car park, didn't he? She, he like, did. Oh. But is is she getting anything out of it? This but is the it, thing that like, doesn't right make back, sense to Right me. back from then, she was trying to withdraw 
or keep access from him, wasn't she? He he kept making dates with her like around Christmas time, and then she wouldn't show up. It, and maybe she's she just backpedaling on the fact that she's yeah feeling guilty about the fact that she's like made this massive lie. I just don't know what's in it for her then, because she's not been a cutthroat materialist, has she? She hasn't got loads of money off of Michael. She hasn't forced them to babysit or take care of the kid. No, I don't He's think there's anything pushed. in it. I think that she just, as I say, she feels like she's caught up in a massive lie now. And is, she th- though, but why write down some random man's name? What's the real, who's the real father and why is that such a secret? Unless it's Ed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be someone dramatic. Because if it's like, it's not you, it's Frank from down the road, everyone will be like, it gives a sh- oh, oops, you, you nearly, oh, <laughs> that was close. Like, my finger was on the, bu- the buzzer Who there. Who gives a, a darn about that? Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe Grace is kind of battling with the with the thought of, do I tell Michael that this is her and then we'll be able to be a happy family together because I've been a single mother for the past yeah, year but- and it's not worked out. And if this guy thinks he's a dad, you know, he's not, but maybe it'll work out okay. And then the other half of her, the, the, the angel on her shoulders saying, no, you can't, you can't say this. You can't make this person live a lie. But right from the lie. start, she's been standoffish. Why would you go, yeah, it's your kid, but I don't want anything to do with you. Wouldn't you just say... Would, it would make more sense if she lied and said it's not your kid. But well, it really maybe. Was. Well, I mean, the, the reason that it would... James's kid. Oh, yeah. The reason that it would be his kid is that she got pregnant while she was with him. So maybe she doesn't want to admit that she had an affair with somebody else while she was still going out with him. I know, but at, the mo- at this point... She, she, why does she care what their opinions of her are? Aggie already hates her. She so do you think that Aggie it. might know the truth? And that's why she hates Grace so it's... much. She knows that Grace had an affair with whoever. There's no way Aggie would know that, that Tiana was not really her grandchild and not say something and act like she cared. She loves Tiana. Mm. She, Ed and, Ed and all, all the babies true. always want to spend time with Tiana. There's no way that they think there's something fishy about who her real father is, unless Diana <laughs> is actually time travelled backwards, Dee Dee. No. <laughs> Just a suggestion. Just a suggestion. I mean, Aggie could still possibly know that Grace had an affair without suspecting that Tiana is. Or maybe, maybe. Not the thing is that this would only make sense if Grace sort of said, yes, I, I had an affair, Aggie, please do not tell Michael, I don't want to hurt his feelings, I've done a paternity test, here's the results, it was forged, but it's actually his baby. Mm. But again, for what purpose? Unless the, the, true, the true identity of the father is so shocking and, and, and horrible that, that Michael makes sense as a dad. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's Arthur. The, the <laughs> Salford slasher. Maybe. maybe I just don't darling. know. It just doesn't make... Like, it. it's a really cool theory. And when I heard... I, love, I, I did love hear, that hear this as well. I like, like the idea of it because it's so salacious. But it doesn't make any sense. Because I'm what, sure they could make it make sense. No, I don't think they would bother to make it make sense. They just go, this is it. So don't ask any more questions. I don't know. I, I hope that they do it soon, though, because yeah, this, this has well, been dragging. I hope that it's if it turns out that he's not the dad, we we know the truth or, in the next couple of weeks. I don't. Yeah, I don't. But I don't think that's the case. I I I just really. You I, just think Grace is a cow and no, no, simple no. as that. I I said all along. I think that something more is going on here between why what is go, why Aggie and and Grace are so mad at each other. I think 
the the parenting thing would is interesting twist but more interesting to me would be something happened between aggie and grace that we find out i don't know what it is some kind of argument something horrible was said something terrible happened i don't know Mm. but that's why they've always been so cold and that's why grace is reluctant to get involved in the relationship and why aggie keeps walling her off Mm. i don't know it's really intriguing but i think i think everyone's okay i've kind of got to the place now just over the last few days where that's kind of become in my head this is what's happened and i'm a bit disappointed if it's not the case now i i I think it's just unfortunate that unfortunately i think it will just turn out to be a case of no everyone's just acting way more dramatic than makes any logical Mm. sense because we desperately wanted a storyline with the Baileys and we couldn't think of anything except that everyone hates each other. Yeah. Well, we'll I just see. don't think there's, we I just don't think there's, we're, we're going to uncover any greater motivation behind this because I just don't think they've put enough, that much thought into it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how devastated Michael would be, though, if you find out that Michael he's not so really... Much. I, I, I really, really love Michael. Michael. And carry him around. Oh. I'll buy knickers off him. And because cause, um, it's, like, it's happened in real life, people being made to believe that they're somebody's father or mother or whatever. Not, no, maybe not mother. Father. <laughs> and then you realise that you've just been taken for a ride all this time. Yes, Michael, that has happened in real life. Right. Siblings. Today's story. Not much happened, but we get to see um, Charlie and Lexi again, who I thought we'd definitely seen the back of. Basically, Abby's starting the episode saying how wonderful it is being going out with Kevin. I and love how, my life. And, and how lovely Jack is. I'm and so everything. content. Kevin gets a breakdown call from this guy whose name Abby recognises. <laughs> and she <laughs> says, I'm not, I'm not taking that Have call, Kevin. Have you tried counselling? <laughs> not that sort of breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin has to go and sort this, this dude out who is, as you said earlier, parked in the Coronation Street car park. and um, That would be so funny if you had, like, a breakdown helpline. Sadly. <laughs> and you were like, nope, I'm going to pass you over to the RAC department. <laughs> we do mental breakdowns. <laughs> Sadly, I had seen a spoiler before the episode that this is what was going to happen because you get to see Charlie and Lexi oh so briefly in the back of the car and it's a definitely blink if you miss it moment at first and then Lexi well, no, comes Lexi out and comes starts out talking like to Kevin but she's been movie. she's been away from it so long oh, nobody that would people wouldn't recognise I think I probably would recognise Charlie um, he's got a bit more distinct uh, features but, but Lexi maybe less so she to, was like, to me she was like she was being held hostage by the guy because she stands there next to Kevin inexplicably watching him mm like the children of the corn or something, yeah. like blinking SOS or something, <laughs> trying, to, trying to hope he notices. They're trying to take me to Australia. Help, help, they've got spiders. <laughs> so this is the story. This, um, this foster family um, are taking Lexi and Charlie over to Australia. I think um, they're adopted. I think they've adopted them now. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can just foster them off to another country. They've heard about Martin Platt's cheese over there and they want to get a taste of it. So they're, they're, they're all excited about it. Kevin, of Martin course... Martin Platt's cheese in Australia. Is it Martin Platt in Australia or is he in New Zealand at the moment? I don't know. Yes, that's where oh, he's the, moved across Oh, the character. To. Yeah, I always get them confused. Kevin goes back to the garage. He, he doesn't know um, Lexi from Adam or Eve. And so it, he doesn't pay, pay any attention to this. But when he gets back there, Abby admits to him, look, the reason why I didn't want you... Or why I didn't, I didn't want, want to go, on, go on this call is because the guy, I think is the person who adopted slash fostered Charlie and Lexi. So that's that. And so Kevin now knows that Abby's 
son and daughter are going to be you know whisked away to the other side of the world imminently and she doesn't know and she doesn't know it It, i hope we don't have a story where he doesn't tell her and keeps a secret i think he needs to tell her like pretty sharpish on monday go oh my god they're going to australia i also don't know why you wouldn't be informed no no, no, it's because she's she's had all contact cut with him, hasn't she? That was the that but was Seb the tragedy. Hasn't. I thought her Seb has as well. I don't think that makes any sense. Listen, the story was Abby was a drug addict, and she relapsed so many times that eventually she lost custody of her of the twins. Not Seb because Seb was of right an now. age that he could look after himself. So. Then she had to decide whether or not to fight for custody back, and she decided not to. But Seb said, no, I feel responsible. These are my siblings. I can't let them go into the system. I want to take care of them, and I can do it, I promise. Went to court, fought to be able to look after them, and then Abby threw a spanner in the works and said, listen, he ain't capable because he hasn't got anywhere to live, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he lost the chance to take them back and then they got adopted i think mm. by a family who had a massive great big adventure playground in their garden mm. and at the time abby was really upset about this because she obviously understood that seb loved his his brother and sister and she does as well she but she knows well, that she's she, not they're a good better mom. off without her mm. but also i think she thought this that seb's going to ruin his life if he if he's got two kids to look after and he's 18 or whatever it how is he gonna get this is not the best way this is not and it's not like if if you're if you're going to live in a, in a in a giant mansion or with with your with your um slightly older brother who doesn't have anywhere to live you know if you're mm. picking emotions aside you want the best. Yeah, on the giant mansion, yeah. Well, you know, other other people would argue differently, but um, Abby thought she was doing the right thing. So, I I don't I you think that she probably has. I thought, and I might be remembering wrong, or I might just be remembering, you know, previous, previous arrangements that she was allowed to see them once a year. But you think no, they've cut all ties. Because I remember there was a bit where she was looking through the the garden gate. Yeah at them playing and cried because mm. she couldn't go yeah. to them. Yeah. But but the thing is no matter what she, no matter what her arrangements with them are, Seb has no such arrangement. He wasn't banned from seeing them. He wasn't the drug addict. Just because you're not allowed custody, don't go right. It's all on laughing. You either get custody or you never see them again. I can't I can't, honestly I can't remember. Seb I don't know the legalities surely around. Surely Seb it. has contact with them. I don't I I'm not sure whether he does honestly. I can't remember why. So he's like, one minute he's like, oh, I want to raise these children. It's like, well, if I can't have them, I'm not interested. Mm. So, yeah, it, it might well be that... Maybe it is odd. It seems is, odd that she hasn't been informed. Seb, but... Seb has always been a bit weird with Abby. They, they've kind of built their bridges back up again now. It... And he accepts her more than he did. But I can kind of imagine him knowing and not telling no, her. No, I can't imagine that. Despite her, because it's her fault. No, I really, really can't I imagine can. that he's at the a moment. Bit, he's a bit bitter. Mm. Um, so, the uh, what did you think about them bringing back the, the, the twins? Because it, uh, to me it felt a little bit of a Clayton situation where it's, a, it's an extra part of this character, another kid, that 
we just want to, I almost want them to just make a clean break from. I think Abby's better without the children. Send them to Australia. Well, yeah, but the thing is, are, are they going to go to Australia at the end of this? I hope so. Because, I mean, Abby is obviously that little scene at the beginning where she was saying, isn't it wonderful playing with Jack? We're supposed to take from that, oh, she is a good mum, actually. She's maternal maybe, now. Yeah, maybe she could look after the twins now. And I think this is what she's going to say. She's going to want to have the twins back, isn't she? I imagine. She's not going to want to see them go across the other side of the world and never see them again. I think she might just feel guilty. Like, how can I hold my head up here when I'm looking after another man's kids? but not my own kids. Mm. Like, what a terrible person I am. Yeah. Is there any way, legally, and I think probably the answer is no here, that she could get them back? Can the court overturn... adopted. What, what if um, Mr and Mrs Essex die in some tragic soap accident? What if they die in a car crash in Australia? We, we hear it happens to current They drive characters. so fast over there. <laughs> Can Abby have them back in that case, or is there absolutely no way that she can look after them? Because the way I remember it is, it seemed very, very final when they were whisked away from her last time. But Corrie does I would like imagine to that if change they, the rules sometimes. That if they die, they would have nominated someone themselves. Yeah, I don't that's think true. there's any diff- I don't think there's any difference. If you've adopted a child legally, your rights are the same as if you it was your biological child. Mm. So, so were you to die? you would have nominated somebody already and that would be legal and nobody could really argue with it. Same as nobody... What I was wondering as well, and again, this would be very soapy, if something horrible happens to these adoptive parents and they haven't nominated somebody to look after Charlie and Lexi, do they need a temporary foster care income Toya and Imran to look after them? Oh, wow! And then they're like, Abby, I understand you're emotional, but you must... Um. You mustn't speak to them because they need time away from you and your drugs. Yeah. I can imagine Toya being super, super protective. But to be honest, I, I can't see that actually they would be allowed to just go and live up the street oh, where well, Abby works. Oh, come on now. But, this um, is a Coronation Street. There's, there's a very small amount of space to live in. I suppose it, that's similar to when Hope was taken away from Fizz and she went to live a couple yeah, of doors down like, the road, didn't go she? go in they they could tie that, the stories in together there. Uh, does 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 the dad know that you've killed him off? I doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm like, oh, I'm from Essex. I'm this from is all about the theories. This episode, isn't it? <laughs> I know it's good, isn't it? Um, yeah. So um, I don't so I don't main... know where else the story is going. Otherwise. Well, I do. Where the clutch? What's going to happen with the clutch? He's got to sell that car, and now <laughs> the clutch is bust. He's going to have to have it towed back to the garage. Is Abby going to work on it? Because we know she's good with clutches. I don't think that's where the thrust of the is story gonna, is. Gemma, does he legally have to, to declare that it's just been repaired when he sells it? Or can he just keep that quiet? Actually, would that be of benefit because it's got a new clutch? Nobody cares. Oh. Um, Abby would probably find that quite interesting. I was wondering as well whether, how, to what extent Seb might be involved in this story. Because he's already got his, you know, admittedly gripping story <laughs> with Alina I and Emma that he might not be able to prize himself away from. I'm romancing two ladies at once mm. who are going to end up both kicking me to the curb. Yeah. The other thing, I, I feel like we're going to see more tragic, dramatic, crying Abby Sally crying. Carmen yeah. in this. And I don't particularly mind, as much as I love Abby and as much as I complained about Emma crying, I, there's, there's something about Sal's oh, because... performance when she's really going through she... the ringer that just gets you. That's because, that's because Emma and Abby are two fundamentally very different characters. Like, we, we rely on Emma 
for her comedy and sweet lightheartedness. But we do for Abby as well. Abby, but we? Abby's sarcastic and dark, isn't she? It's easier for her to go to dark places because she already lives there. Oh, nice, nice character analysis Thank there. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in where this is going next week. I'm interested in it, but at the same, oh, it is a bit like only oh, you are the children. It, it does. It there's just a little bit of you bringing something up again that I thought I'd put to bed. Yeah. But, I mean, it's an Abby story, so I'm not going to complain that much, I just, yeah, what is she going to do? I mean, really, all that can really happen is she goes, oh, I'm really sad, my kids go to Australia. I mean, she Bye, she's so um, impulsive that she could literally do anything. I mean, is she going to try and kidnap them before they go out and get on the plane to Australia? For lots of characters, you say, no, of course not. But for Abby, <laughs> maybe she will. But... But is she going to try and kill the dad before he, they, he takes it over to Australia? She's, maybe, maybe she's going to like double down on her relationship with Kevin because she'll be like, oh, my, my, my family, like I'm a terrible mum. No, I'm not. I'm a great mum. I can be a great mum to Jack and kind yeah, of give really all her love to him. To that. But it's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, mm, interesting. Interesting. What I'm not finding interesting is Gary's story, which is still going. What happened today? Friday. Laura rocks up again. Adam, Adam gets a phone call from Laura, and she's moaning about money. I haven't got any money, blah, blah, blah. And Adam gives her advice, I guess, because then Laura t- turns up at Gary's place and says, you need to get Rick on the phone and tell him I want money. My bank account's empty. It's not enough to only get child support every now and then or whatever quarterly school fees won't cut it buster and if you don't if you don't give me the money i'm gonna tell the police that you know where rick is because he's a wanted criminal Mm. and then gary's like huh you wouldn't do that because you are where do you then you wouldn't get any money anyway and she's like i've got nothing to lose get a job (laughs) get a job laura and then um we later see gary going oh where shall i get this money from uh, my 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 um fake business isn't bringing any money. Yeah, he gets in. the tenancy agreement for Underworld out, doesn't he? So he suggested hike up the rent. He said that he might hike up the rent, and I'm wondering whether he finds a new buyer for Underworld. Ooh. Who could be wanting to buy ah. that property? Who could he sell to that maybe works right next door? Rick. No, Nick. Ray. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be selling much to Rick at the moment. Oh, that's a good theory. Yeah, so I think that it might go there, honestly. I think that he might find a, a, a buyer. Because what what benefit is it for him to own the Underworld? Underworld do bugger all anyway. Well, he gets monthly rent. Don't you know what being a landlord's all yeah, about? Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think he's more likely to want to... Um, well, if he needs a load of money now... Yeah, yeah. Take the know. big cash sum. Yeah, but he could just go put the rent up. Mm. No, I, I think he... I think he, That's my theory. He's going to sell it to Ray. Rick. Ray. And then that's going to... You put sell off to Rick. Yeah, I have said Rick in the notes. I didn't mean that. I apologise. So anyway, maybe. But I'm not going to get too excited because as I said before, this story is still... Well, you know, I really like this story. I really like Gary's nefarious deeds, but it's always been on on, uh, the understanding that at some point it would get really super interesting. That's why I've been so invested in it. Because I'm like, this could get really good. But at the moment, I'm I'm feeling in a similar way because it's turned into a naggy, annoying Laura busting his door down every five minutes for child support. It's just it's boring. 
It's like a couple of scenes once every three or four weeks dragged on. I want and, some money. I can't, can't blame Coronation Street for dragging Rick's things dead. out. But um, Also this week, uh, Johnny tries to phone up Jenny, but she says, I don't want to talk to him. And that's all we get from that What's story. What's going on there? Mm. No new clues this week, but Jenny's mad. So I would not like to be in Johnny's shoes when he does eventually return. Maybe he'll never come back. France. Yeah, he's going to be locked down in France, isn't he, maybe? Yeah, eating brie. Um, okay, so this week, Gemma, this week, what what you, what you you're thinking for the rating? Because I, I really did quite enjoy Monday's and Wednesday's episodes. As much as I like to uh, you know, criticise this for being a bit of re- bit too recap-heavy, um, I thought that all of the stuff with, as Yasmin, was quite exciting. I really like that Sally is now, you know, she, she, she's on Yasmin's side. Um, I really enjoyed the drama between Leanne and, and Nick and Toya. I thought that was quite compelling, even though they didn't get, they, it didn't progress a whole lot, you know, plot twist-wise or anything. I loved the Roy and Arthur, the Roy and Evelyn and Arthur stuff, sorry. Um, intrigued by Abby and Seb. It just didn't quite... I think Friday's episode didn't quite do it for me. Um, but I would say this is a pretty solid three and a half kind of week. I was going to give it three and a half. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh. Three and a half pie flips. I was just literally about to say that. Yes, I said it first. Oh, well, I'm going <laughs> to give it three and a half kiwi hummus and salami sarnies out of five. I thought you were going to give How it very that. Culinary. That's why I picked a different one. Ah. Um, so, yeah, at character of the week. Tell you what, if you was going to choose between a kiwi hummus and salami san- sandwich or a pie to flip, which one would you pick? I think it's clear. What? The sandwich. Who wants that horrible sandwich? <laughs> this is the thing. Again, again, Aggie, it's not funny that she can't cook or doesn't understand flavours. Nobody is that, that stupid and crazy. It was a bit of a Mrs. Can't Properly recipe, have, isn't it? Can't we have somebody that the joke is that they're really good at cooking and they keep making fancy food that nobody wants to eat? <laughs> Who's your character of the week, Gemma? There's, there's quite a lot to choose from, I would say, here. You could, you could choose Toya because despite all the abuse that's been thrown at her from her sister, she's still supporting she's her and wanting to help her out. Um, it could be Leanne just for the acting and the drama and everything. It could be somebody from, you know, one of the lighter stories. Evelyn was a Have bit I given of a star it to this yet? week. I don't know. I don't know. I can't give it to her because she's being so horrible. Mm. I think... But then there's everything in the, in the Jeff story. I mean, you, you could be perfect. You could give it to Jeff, and people would say, "Yeah, he was pretty exciting this week." I, I think I'm Ooh. wondering Sally. I'm 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 torn between Sally and Toya this week. I think I think they've both got strong cases for being characters of the week for me. Possibly yeah. Aaron on the side of Sally because, although they both had to, you know, it wasn't easy for either of them to make the move that they made this week. I feel that we saw a little bit more of Sally. Yeah, Sally was definitely had a, a bigger role in the story that she was in. Yeah, and and, and and Sally's actions this week has got the potential to have bigger consequences and and take the story off storyline off in a more dramatic direction than just what Toya did this week. Well, I'm going to say Sally. I'm going to say Sally this week. Sorry, Toya, you're close. Didn't Sally? No. What? So did Sally go to the prison? Yeah, Monday. So she didn't she see somebody there that she like one of the prison guards and be like, oh yeah, I was oh yeah, 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 she did. That was funny. Yeah, Sally this week. Okay. Because she stood up to Tim, she's standing up to Jeff, and um, 
Yeah, she's on Team Yasmin. Like if I was Sally, I would watch my back. I would be so paranoid. Wouldn't you be worried? He could get violent. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I think we are done with this week's strange Dunzo. talk. Let's move on to the cabin. Right, we're into the cabin, new section of the podcast. We didn't have a cabin last week because there wasn't any news. And this week there is slightly more than no news, but still not very much. Not much going on at the moment in Corryland. But what we did have on Monday night was stories that grip the nation. The new Coronation Street little compilation clip show that's going to be running for the next... Well, I can't remember how long it is, three, four, five weeks. This is, um, yeah, it's, the, it's like the Corrie years, basically, isn't it? But without the talking heads. So what... So... Stories that grip the nation was that particular episode. Next week, they've got weddings. So the focus this week was on courage. Really, really exciting stories. So I can't wait for the episode that's um, stories that bored the nation. Stories you've forgotten. Yeah. They should do that. The little stories that people might have forgotten about. That could actually make quite an interesting one. Do you remember this? Do you remember this stupid thing? Did you enjoy... Coronation Street stories that grip the nation. I thought it was really good. I, I really it was enjoyed quite it. Fun. I, I have one gripe, and you know what it is. I forgot them. They they got a load of tweets. Oh yes, I forgot. I, that I don't was your know gripe. why they did this. I'm yeah, really was disappointed. About? What story was that in relation to? It was the Aiden one, wasn't it? So the Aiden suicide story. They wanted to sort of discuss how um, it was it was spoken about on social media and how it helped people. And then they brought up a load of tweets, but they just took took everyone's usernames out and they edited them as that's well. Just not cricket. I just don't Street. think that's right. No. I think you went and found all the tweets as well online after. Uh, yeah, didn't I you? think I did. Because you did. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know if they got permission. They didn't credit anybody because I looked at the end as well. And there's and also the other thing was that nobody uh, that the ones I found didn't at ITV Corey. Ah. So they just use hashtags and things. I understand. It's sort of fair game, and I know that tabloids do it as well, but I just always found it really rude. And you thought I, that ITV might have higher standards. I just think if you're going to talk about, if you're going to, if you're going to take, if it's good enough to take the quote, then you'd say who'd said it. Mm. Perhaps it there's it more to it that, that I don't understand. It I didn't just, irk me as much as it did you, but oh, I it really annoys me. It, it's because the tabloids do it as well, and mm. I, I, I expected a bit more. The programme itself was cool, though. I, I was disappointed we didn't have the talking heads, but I understand um, that also, this programme was put together, I'm not going to say on the cheap, but they, they needed to do something quick and easy to fill up the schedule and just pasting together a load of clips and various clip shows and have Jason Manford narrate it. It was probably a very, well, relatively easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now what are you going to say? I said I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, I just wanted to add it. It wasn't even as though they took our, our one of our tweets. It's not like oh, a no, 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 no. thing. In case you thought I was just being dramatic and selfish. No. Um. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, it was. It was. And it wasn't just like it didn't feel like. Oh, here we go again. It's the same old stuff. Some of it did. I Some mean, of it did, had... obviously, because you know you've you st- it's sixty years, but you're still you, you, it's still always only that that you can talk about. Mm, they had the Ken Deirdre Might Love Triangle. They had Aiden, like you said. They had the Free the Weatherfield one, which I I, can't, I don't know how much. I mean, you obviously didn't see it at the time. I don't know how many of the clips or anything in that story you recognised, but that brought back some nice memories for me because I would say that that story maybe isn't brought up quite as often in the Corrie clip shows. 
Um, I can't remember what else was in it. There was there was only like maybe four major stories that were highlighted, weren't they? It was another one of these ones that by the time well, when the end end credits roll, you think, oh, they could have they could have extended that for twice the amount of time. I know. I would love you know like at the end of the year we always get hundred greatest blah blah blahs. I'd love them to do that for Corey, like a hundred something. Well, you know, they, they, there's a hundred greatest. They may well lines. do that. Well, for the fiftieth anniversary, they had fifty greatest characters or something. I'm sure they did more for the fiftieth than they're doing for the sixtieth. But yeah, it felt like it was over a bit too quickly. But at least it is going to be back again for the for the weddings. I enjoyed the little, you know, the little timeline graphic that yeah, they had. Yeah, that was really like zooming nice. In for it bits, was they, they 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 had a few other Coronation Street stories on the timeline that they didn't really talk about. Like they had Ernest Bishop death was on there um i think it was it was a nice program they did a good job they're always a bit uh reluctant to go too far back because they know that most people won't like it's a nostalgia show and it they want you to watch it and go oh yeah like, oh yeah i really do like cory actually mm. um they wouldn't they would alienate people well they wouldn't alienate people but it wouldn't evoke the same response if they did really old stuff but i would really love to see like what would like a, a show where it was literally just the first ten years of Coronation Street, but I just don't know who would watch it. No, I know, I know. I mean, yeah, uh, there's just not the interest anymore, particularly, is there for for some of the old stuff? Although maybe we should make <laughs> our that bonus show. podcast this week is the 1970s, the second half of the 1970s. You know, I hope some can, people are interested. We in could it. make these shows ourselves. You know that, don't you? I don't know how to make a TV program. You know how you know how to make clips. Yes. What how, we don't look, it's a new era. You don't have to have talking heads anymore. Oh, that's true. That's true. We could literally make a, the show that I just described. The first, what was the first? What were the first ten years of Crow like? Yeah. Phone up Jason Manford. Go <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. We don't have the vo- the vocal skills. <laughs> Um, so the weddings one next week. I suppose with stories that grip the nation, you may be more likely to it's more likely to feel like you retread an old ground because there's the same old stories that you're going to bring up again because they are the most, the biggest, most gripping stories. But with weddings, there's maybe more of a chance to not Watch go down it. a tried and tested path. I mean, I guess we'll see things like Ken and Deirdre's first wedding. And the thing is, I will say this as Becky well. and Steve, It's maybe. always just very, it feels very surface level to me. And really, why would you put too much effort into it? Because it's, you know, it's not like literary criticism, is it? It's just a clip show going, remember this, remember that? Wasn't it funny? Yeah, mm. it was, wasn't it? But wouldn't it be cool if, if they had in the weddings show, this is, what the, this is what all the brides wore. And at the time, this was made of that. And, yeah. and um, like for 500 women. That would require copy, a little bit more a bit more research yeah like oh uh when when this dress was sold uh copies were sold across it whatever yeah but then i think a lot of the audience will be like i don't care about that i just want to see more old clips you can't please everyone really can you with this and then then they say oh we shouldn't have listened to Gemma." i would also hope that maybe (laughs) with the weddings ones we get to see a bit more focus on more weddings because part of the thing with this story the grip the nation they had to give it a certain amount of time to explain the story to the viewers but I don't know how much explaining I know, is how much do you need they got Brian and Gail getting married so they decided to get married yeah no it should be it should be fun I'm looking forward to that it's gonna be a nice Monday treat for the next month or so um and apart from that the only thing that's happened news wise is we've got a short list for the TV choice awards and we got the we always get a massive massive long list for that earlier on in the year which we read about but the um the the short list has been announced this week and you have got until midnight on Friday the 17th of July so you've got one more 
more week to vote for this if you haven't done so yet by going to tvchoicemagazine.co.uk. Gemma, would you like to announce who are the Coronation Street nominees are? Right, well, it's nominated for Best Soap, as you might have guessed. But the Best Soap Actor, the nominee for Coronation Street is Jack P. Shepard. Of course. Brilliant choice. And then for Best Soap Actress, we've got a bit of a controversial one here, I it think. It is a bit. Because... No, because the reason I'm saying it is because it's got two options. You've got Dolly Rose Campbell and Shirley King. And normally, when you have two, it's very worrying because the Coronation Street fans will always vote for the Coronation Street options. But when there are two, it's more difficult to win because you've got to have a very convincing landslide. Mm. I can't remember who the other two are. I know that EastEnders has got quite a few nominees. I don't know whether the other two soap actresses are EastEnders or whether they get one and Emmerdale get one. I don't think that Hollyoaks get any nominations at all oh, in the shortlist, no. which is a bit of a kick in the teeth. But but yeah. I know we know, you know our feelings on um on the character of Gemma. I think Dolly Rose Campbell is a fantastic actress. I don't know that the current role of Gemma is um my favourite. I don't think that I don't think enough people of Coronation Street viewers do believe that. I think that she does a great job. But, I mean, to me, there's there's no comparison, really. I mean, it's it's Shelley King, isn't it? You've got to vote for Shelley King. And that, our stance on the podcast is, please, please vote for Shelley King. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah I'm not going to hide the fact that I really want Shelley King. To, we've said, we this is the thing, even before she was nominated, at the beginning of the year even, we were saying, oh, my God, it's we're so happy. And when we saw on the horizon this storyline coming, we're like, please, I hope this is a big, major storyline give Shelley King the platform that she deserves to to show off her brilliant uh, skills and then when she when they sort of put all their faith into this storyline and made it a big big deal this year we were like yes now next stage of this is to get her nominated for an award because she deserves one mm. and now we're at the stage where she's nominated now we've got to say as we've been saying all year now she's got to win the award. Mm. So, we, you know, it would be ridiculous to pretend otherwise. But I still think that Dolly's going to have some fans. Gemma's a very popular character, she is, even and the though fact we that don't particularly... To get from the long list to the short list, she's got to have had a heck of a lot of people yeah. voting for her. Yeah. This is why I'm thinking it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it, it really, really is. So and please do vote for whoever you think deserves this I can't award. remember who Jack's going up against and the best actor as well. Uh, but he, it feels like he often gets nominated, but doesn't usually he, get the award, does he? Bumbling around the awards. He is. He's always there. Um, Rightly so. What's, I, I, he's not had a big, big story, has he? This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> he's, Shona's been shot, and he's been, he's been goading some of the local chats. He's had bigger, he's had bigger roles had in much, previous years. Yeah. And, uh, but again, I think for the, for the, it's tough, isn't it? It goes to show what, how much people respect him as an actor, and how much how great an actor he is. That even at times when he's not, you know, it's got a, a whole a lot to years, do, David. he can still knock out a whole lot of the competition in the qualifying stages, as it were. Well, you know, those Hermes belts don't buy themselves. <laughs> so anyway, get onto TVChoiceMagazine.co.uk. You got a week to do it, less than a week if you listen to this, because it will at least be Saturday. <laughs> Vote for Jack and. We'll let you pick who you vote for between <laughs> Dolly and Shelley. But oh, look, I, I don't want to keep... If we could vote for two, then we would. Bleating on well, about we can, it. actually. You can I vote think, as many times as you want. I, I am in constant hope of a revival for what I feel Gemma's character should be. I love, I love Gemma. Mm. 
I just prefer... I don't think now's the time. No, I don't either. Uh, And I don't want to... Listen, because I know that... I think I know what you're going to say. What? What You're going to say that if if Dolly wins the award here, then Coronation Street are going to double down on the Gemma (laughs) storyline. I don't want to give them a mandate. No. Oh, man, I I hate saying it. I've never never crapped on anybody so much, I don't think, apart from um, Sarah Harding. But, But Dolly Rose Campbell is an actress, and... I will want Gemma to be Gemma again, not just baby machine. Yeah. McGee. Yeah. So anyway, that's it's it's your choice. But listen, how about this? Remember, what? um, there's always a possibility that she could be rehabilitated and get nominated next year for how sad she's gonna be when all her babies die. Oh yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just Just remember they're fictional babies. Don't get mad. Vote for Shelley. Let's move on to do some feedback. <laughs> Feedback time. Welcome to the feedback section, everybody. We've got some emails and tweets and things to read. But first, of course, the episode poll for last week's Coronation Street. Now, we scored quite highly last week. Didn't we go fours last week? But there was a bit of a bit of a range on the Facebook group and it Those settled itself. Those people are so cynical and critical. Settled itself at 3.29. I'm not surprised, really, because there is there are certain people who just couldn't be doing with the utter tragedy that befell all Coronation Street characters last week, and I can completely understand that. If, if, if you don't like the sadness, you wouldn't have liked last week's. But um, 2.5 stakes with all the trimmings were given by oh. Robin. Fiona gave it two and a half spelling mistakes in DNA out of five, and Shay gave... T- See, all these people gave low scores. Shay gave it to many people live at 19A Victoria <laughs> Street, <laughs> five, which I found very Very funny. good. Very, very good. Obviously, some people voted a lot higher than that. You didn't have as funny reasons for voting for the yeah. things that you're scoring out of. So. you got to get with it. Right, Gemma, what did weekly feedbacker Fangirl Overload 123 have to say about this week's Coronation Street? Weekly feedbacker time. She said, Leanne was so mean to Toya. I know her kid is dying, but that was really harsh. <laughs> It was <laughs> so, really harsh to Leanne this week, haven't I know, we? I know, I know. I know you got an excuse, Leanne, but back off. Uh, calm down. Um, it was so nice of Toya to be that understanding, though. Yes, Toya is like the saint of Weatherfield. Mm. She says... Not like Stella, Saint Stella of the oh, back room. Yeah. <laughs> um, she continues, I am also glad that Yasmin is slowly starting to realise that Jeff was the bad guy and speaking up to it, up about it to Sally. So this is the thing. Yasmin has been slowly realising that Jeff is the bad guy for a long <laughs> Shut time. Up, you're been so, I'm starting not to get the same feeling. You know, when the first time that Yasmin noticed that when she was sent outside for the chips or whatever, and then she stood at the end of the garden path in the rain, just looking and not wanting to go in, I was going, Oh, she's starting to realise this is quite exciting. But now when she's opening up about things, I'm just not as often going, Oh, how exciting. At last she's finally seen his true colours because I'm thinking She's already seen his true colours too much. Um, Right, where are we? And they're brown like poo. (gasps) That's why I love you. (laughs) (laughs) She says, it made me laugh how Roy can take the hint about Evelyn and Arthur, but his scenes with Evelyn were quite sweet. Seeing the tension between Aggie and Michael was really interesting. Did we see the Baileys argue before now? Yes. Yeah, I think so. The mini mystery of Abby Gambling. and her kids was interesting. I think it will be a bigger storyline in the coming weeks. That's good, since what have Abby and Kevin done since Ray? That's true. They've had a very quiet start to the year, both of those two have, and I'm no fan of years 
that have got that are quiet on the Abbey front. She should be front and centre in Coronation Street, as far as I'm concerned. So I hope it doesn't feel like this is going to be a big story. It's not going to be a Jeff Yasmin, Ollie Wobbles style story. But I hope it's going to be bigger than you know, a couple of scenes here or there for a week and a half, and then forget about it, like the Sebelina Emma one. Mm. I want it to be a Midland size, please. The Gary scene sort of bothered me. This story seems to have been standing still for a while now and I think they need yep. to pick up the pace. I also enjoyed Tyrone talking about Kirsty in retaliation to Yasmin and Jeff. Not retaliation. Relation. Oh dear. <laughs> in relation to Yasmin and Jeff. As that's a connection I never realised. I don't think I thought about it either. But it's like obvious. Sometimes they bring out... Sometimes we complain about them not making references to the past or why isn't so-and-so mentioned this. I do but remember some, Then when they do sometimes it. it's like, oh yeah, it's obvious. I remember talking we about We talk it about a lot of things. Yeah, we do. Um, I also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact he's getting sympathy from an actual victim is somehow even more disturbing. Good point. Mm. Character of the week is Jeff, and I give it three and a half extra pints of milk out of five. Good, good, good. What was the three and a half extra pints of milk in relation to? I don't remember them mentioning that. But I'm sure they did. I trust you, thank you. I just want to add something. Do you remember? Shay gave uh, last week's two um, steaks with all the chimmerings out of five. And we had a bit of a, a discussion about what does what would that entail if you were to cook steak with all the trimmings. Yeah. And um, it was a Fizz and Tyrone storyline, so I de- I decided to do some actual research into this <laughs> to look to look up what um, the common northern folk have. No, for their steaks. shut your mouth. I went on to Annie's because we know that that's the restaurant that um, uh, Jenny McAlpine runs with her partner, and because yes, I remember the there being steak on the menu. And steak with all the trim- trimmings in Annie's is steak with hand-cut chunky chips, a baked mushroom, and on the fine tomatoes. Which oh, is there what you we go. Said if, they, if anyone's going to know what Fizz and Tyrone think steak with all the trimmings are, then it's going to be Annie's. Jenny McAlpine. Yeah. <laughs> right, Jay, thank you very much. Jay um, emailed us a couple of weeks ago, and I forgot the email last week, so I do apologise for not including this sooner. He says, greetings from the colonies. This is my favourite <laughs> time of year. I'm a teacher as well, and we are finally done for the summer holidays. Uh, boo. Oh, don't rub that in. <laughs> I've still got one week to go. Sarah uh, thought you were off. Did she? Yeah. Your friend Sarah. I, I had a surprise visitor today, and I was wearing my pyjamas and dressing gown. And she opened the door, and on the doorstep was a bag with your gifts in it. And I, I looked up, and I saw Sarah, and I went, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, what? Alexa, shut up. Alexa, I don't even know up. why Alexa th- listened to that. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. <laughs> right, there we okay. go. <laughs> um, and then she talked to me for, like, half an hour about various things. And then she insisted on taking a selfie of herself with me in the background wearing my dressing gown. It's sent it to everybody. <laughs> I look like a potato. She knows you hate photos of yourself as well. Sorry, Jay. No, it's fine. I, no, I was just going to say as well, yeah, it was nice to get... Um, nice to get another birthday present. My birthday presents are really, really stretching. It's what you mean? A haul is bad? What do you mean? You've got a bad haul. Well, it's just... It's eking out, isn't it? I did get a nice new pair of... Apple AirPods. I hate them. Which is from my dad and Gemma combined presents. Michael just presents. sits and can't, pretends he can't hear me or walks I into another noise room. I can't. Noise cancelling. It's awesome. But yes, Sarah bought <sighs> wife me... Wife cancelling. Sarah got me... <laughs> yes, <laughs> wife cancelling headphones. <laughs> That's 
that's what I'm writing this podcast out. I can't believe what a sucker I am. I paid, paid all that money. Um, yeah, no, she, she also she gave me an Apple voucher today, didn't she? So yeah. I downloaded an album. With Jay's, her, Jay's got stuff to say. Really like. Sorry, you don't want to know about my birthday present. You started it. I know, I'm sorry, Jay. Jay Jay's says, boasting about being off. Jay's boasting about being off and he so says you've that got next, been, You're in next week. Yes. And then the week after that, you're not. Yes, but I will be in doing okay, stuff. Okay, well, it's my deadline week, so good. Keep out of my Jay way. says that this has been a tough year with COVID-19. You could say What's that. What's that? We stayed at school teaching through any methods that we could online. It was hard on the students, parents and the teachers. This has been one of my toughest years in the last 25 years. See, that makes me <sighs> feel really guilty because... Oh, I know. And I know that people are saying, oh, teachers are slacking off and everything, which we're not. You're not. You're just working like a we're normal person. We're working differently. No, you're, you're actually working like a normal person now. Well, when we had... Like, when you we don't went have on... to work at the weekends. Yeah, exactly. And but when evenings. we went into lockdown, well, definitely. But there were times when I wasn't in school, when I was ha- taking it a lot easier than nothing. I normally was. <laughs> and, and even now I'm back at school at the moment, it's not exactly the same. You so I are feel... going to... It's going to hit you when you go back in. It is. Oh, September because is going to hit me like you, a yeah, brick but you in the face. you deserve this because you work so hard. I don't think you realise how hard you work. Yeah, well, I'm changing year groups next year and I'm teaching year three, four for the first time ever. So there's going to be many, many reasons why September is going to be a bit of hard work for but me. But Jay has had a tough... Looking forward to the challenge. Jay's this had isn't a tough about time. me. This and isn't you're about showing me. Off. Oh, Jay, well, Jay had a tough time. I didn't. I, yeah. It... Well, at least he gets an extra week off. Yeah, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't well, know when you go back. Gone. Now, it's, now it's time to relax and recharge. This week we'll be having Canada Day. We'll oh, see, there's the clue that it was sent a while ago. It was also my birthday on July no, the 4th. He said it was Dominion Day. Yes, Canada became a... He put it in brackets. I don't know whether you wanted me to read that, but... Country on July the 1st, 1867. It was my birthday on July the 4th, Jane I says. Thought... Almost birthday buddies. Canada wasn't a real country anyway. <laughs> you believe that song. It, I will be officially older than Sand at this point. To all these born this week, I wish you happy birthday too. Oh, screw so, you. Con- continued <laughs> long birthday. Uh, what about me? For me? I have a couple of questions for you first. <laughs> oh, no. This is... Oh, here we go. This is where I get in trouble. I was wondering how you record your <laughs> podcast. Do you each have your own mic or are yeah. you sharing a mic? No. It always seems that when you start the podcast, Gemma's volume is much lower than yours. Like, I like how she says yours. Like, it's, how did he know it was me that was going to be reading this? Like, she is further away from the mic. Or Everybody knows you do all the work around her and I just profit. She seems to be louder when she's doing the quiz and her parts are sweet <laughs> talk, though. I'm just wondering about this technical matter. Okay, this is a very technical thing, Jay. What happens is... When we start the podcast, I'm relaxing on the sofa with my head further back. And when I get excited, I sit with a sit cross-legged. That's literally what happens. <laughs> we sit on the sofa, the laptop is on my lap, my Michael iPhone is forward. on the laptop. Michael always sits forward with her legs, his legs off the side like a normal human being. And I go sideways on the sofa because I'm you a rebel. You usually cross your legs and lay back and, a bit, And there's you? nowhere for my legs to go down here. So yeah. I have to sit sideways. Yeah, and so, so usually I've got... Sometimes I have my head... Can you hear this? I've got further away now. And then sometimes I come all in because I want to read the notes. Yeah. That's it. That's when I've got it. my We get closer to the microphone when Gemma gets excited. When I've got... When I have to read off the laptop, I'll come in closer. Mm. So anyway, you've been told off now, Gemma, so you've got to make sure that you're leaning forward all the time. I have to make sure that I don't go away when I'm doing my voice on the podcast. <laughs> we, we might actually get, get proper microphones one of these days, but I think that the sound quality with, the, with using the phone is absolutely fine. We did promise that when we did Patreon, we would spend it on on um, 
microphones. Microphones, but we've but had we've spent it on. We've spent it on curry DVDs, and I'm sure that's been much more interesting and, and for Airbnb's people to listening to. And charity stuff, and Giant sending out stamps. Patreon things, and yeah, buying pictures of stamps. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that's that's the reason. And also, Jake. Michael wants to buy a laptop. He wants to buy a Mac. Yeah, but not, that's not going to be happening. And that will take soon. about two years to say what for. Maybe. Anyway, my second question. Thank you Jay for your technical says, question. I like answering technical questions. Yeah, and definitely know the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah. Second question, Jay says, is about the cast of Coronation Street. You may have talked about this in past episodes. If you did, I must have missed it. I had one of these no way moments when I discovered <laughs> online that the actors that play Rick Nielsen, Neeson. Tom, Neeson, sorry, and Tommy O are brothers. Yes, that's so did I, I think. My question is, have there been any other... Si- oh, my gosh, I, this sounds like a question that I should He's have researched for this. at all. Have there been any other sibling cast members on Corrie? I know that the twin they use twins to play small children, but what about adults? Did siblings ever have scenes together? There is... We have talked about the Aston clan, haven't we? Yeah, the we? Aston So, Sam Aston, dynasty. who plays Chesney, is also... Um, uh, what's it? Uh, there was that, that was that girl in the 90s that she was in it. Yeah, I can't remember. She was, she was like the daughter of some random character that somebody goes out with, that Des goes out with. But they weren't in Corrie at the same time together. Oh, what about um, uh, the, the, the little girl who plays Hope, Isabella Flanagan? Yes. Is sister to... Um, Jack. Is she sister to? No, no, not Jack. It's... Another boy. Is she sister to? Forgotten. I know she is related. It's... I can't Do you remember. Want to look it up? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I also no. Oh, it's the it's um it's Joseph, isn't it? Joseph, Joseph Brown. She's she's a sibling too. I, I'm not sure about adults though. Well, I know that um, Colson Smith, Jack B. Shepherd, and Ben Price are all brothers from another mother. Because <laughs> no, they've got their book. Be so silly. <laughs> um, I don't know of any. I more. don't think there are any that we know of. No, but that doesn't mean that there aren't. Well, maybe we'll put that this to our listeners. Can you help Jay out? Does anybody know of any other grown-up Coronation Street actors who are siblings to other Coronation Street actors and have they shared scenes together? Because yeah, what you nothing, said, yeah. nothing is springing to mind for me. Good question, though. Um, <laughs> what a cop-out. Don't ask us. You think we know what we're talking about. Jay says, I'm a fan of Craig the Cop. On one podcast, you mentioned that maybe he could find a girlfriend. The problem is that all the girls are either too old or too young. I would suggest bring back Kayla Clifton. In Soapland time, in, sorry, in Soapland, time heals all wounds and sins, so she could come back and all would be forgotten and fine. She could work at Speed Dial because apparently no one is working there now. Oh, now they are. Um, so Kayla Clifton, yeah, she just disappeared off a cliff, didn't she? She tied um, a thingy up in the in the garage and I, I thought that they were bringing her in as a proper character but she's just a bit of a crazy lady whose dad was a nasty pedo cop and then we didn't see her again so they could bring her back i'm not gagging for her to return but why not see i still i still really like craig with um with his old arty girlfriend i know what's her name they really shouldn't have got rid of her she was ace i've forgotten her name but um now we we play um animal crossing whenever I see the character Flick who's like a punk rock lizard who buys insects of you for some reason I think of her I don't know why I don't know why either oh excuse me um yeah why not good idea um but you know what age gaps have never really meant that much for Coronation Street as well he may well be you know Yasmin's next squeeze when she gets out of prison um I am looking up 
to, for your previous question about about soap siblings and that you're googling it you did a bit there of a are bubble. quite a lot of people who are related to people in different soaps than the one that they are actually in yeah like jason um ryan thomas's brother is um in something isn't he um so yeah so ryan thomas and adam thomas adam thomas is in emmerdale mm-hmm. um there's also um an interesting one I found. Brooke Vincent and Ellie Leach, Ellie Leach are cousins. Oh, yeah. I remember that when they brought Ellie in. And every every couple of years, I'm reminded that fact. And then go, oh, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, Debbie Rush's daughter, Poppy, was in EastEnders, mm. very briefly. Sue Jenkins um, was in Coronation Street as Gloria Todd. And her son is Richard Fleishman. Yes, that's very true. So... That those are all the the relations that I could find from the article, which I should probably credit here. Um, it's from the Sun. Um, by they credit the Sun. They won't credit us. Uh, Sophie. Soterio. Soterio. This is the longest time we've spent reading an email for a long time. We were in the in the final straight now. Side Jay quest. says, we're going on side Lastly, quest. I'm still waiting for you to create an autographed black and white 8x10 photograph of yourselves that can be requested by your incredibly special fans, such as myself. Right, we'll get on that. I shall just clothe a sack of potatoes in a dressing gown and you can have pretty much the same photo that Sarah took of me earlier today. It doesn't have to be a, a recent photo. We do have some we photos of you for a long photos time. On the occasion of our wedding anniversary. Gemma hasn't posed for a photograph willingly for about four years now, have you? No, and people get mad at me and, and, and insist and I'm always too um I'm always too polite to refuse, but I really I really hate it. It's I so want it's so to be mean. Able to take photos of you again. I want, do people really want a photograph of us? We can send them. Jay, Jay does. Well let's just send him a photo anyway. Have we got Jay? I think we might have Jay's address. We know where you live. (laughs) The colonies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eight by ten, you say? How big is that? I don't know. I don't understand. Is that a normal size or is that... Are you asking for an extra big one? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. Is that thumb? Is that... How many thumbs? That's quite big. Maybe my thumb's too big. I think we should find... I think we should find an old photo of us that you're happy to send to Jake, as he did do a request. There's loads of good photos of me in the past. (laughs) (laughs) And I can print it out in black and white because that's nice and cheap. Glossy. It's got to be glossy. Do you want glossy or matte? (laughs) Right. Thank you, Jay, for your correspondence in the colonies. Sorry, it took us so long. It took us so long to read it and even, you know, remember to include it in the podcast. Yes. Right. Rebecca... She says, really enjoyed this week, even though it's really sad and it was really sad and full of drama. This is last week, of course. Well, it could be this week as well. Yes. Even though Leanne is being really stroppy and annoying, I feel really sorry and sympathise with her. The only thing I don't agree with her is her shouting at Toya. I know Leanne is hurting. Can I just interrupt here? <laughs> I, we've only got three sorry, emails listen. to read out this week, but the length of it is like, listen, we've got ten. This feedback is a two-way street, okay? It's not just you telling us stuff. Um, I noticed on Twitter, Jane Danson seems to, after almost every episode, oh, yeah. put a little thing going, I'm so glad you guys liked watching Coronation Street. 
but I'm really sorry about Leanne being mad. I'm oh, so, no, I'm so sad when she's mean to Toya, but, you know, we love each other, really. And it's like, oh, God, you must get so much grief. I know, I know. Um, so, Rebecca says, I know Leanne is hurting, but Toya was only trying to help. I'm gutted her and Imran have put the fostering plans on hold, but I'm hoping Leanne will give her the green light to go ahead with the fostering. I'm also feeling sorry for Nick, although goading Peter wasn't the best thing. That never turned into anything this week. We didn't have Peter at all this week, did we? Because there was that really nice scene at the end of last week's episode where they were in the Rover's yard. And we saw none of it now. I did like how he admitted to Peter... Oh, God. You've made this too long. That he was hurting. Leanne, I'm not saying you made this for too long, Rebecca. Michael has made the text line too long for me sorry i've just copied and pasted into a big old paragraph no it's no the window is too wide the window's too wide yes can you make it smaller please narrow it for you we always have disagreements about how wide the window should be do you not find it really hard to read (laughs) all the way across the whole screen no i do i can't cope um you've lost where we are now as well (laughs) this is professional I'm also feeling, sorry for Nick, although goading Peter wasn't the best thing, I did like how he admitted to Peter that he was hurting. Leanne and Nick are lashing out at people, which shows they are hurting in the same way. I like how Simon thinks he isn't wanted anymore. It's hard. <laughs> I like to see Simon yeah, suffer. Yeah, Simon, suffer, you horrible kid. I liked how he was trying to be helpful and cook the tea. Great start to the drama that will unfold over the next few weeks. I'm glad Lena chose Emma over Seb, and I like the scene where she was painting Emma's nails. I also like the scene where Emma was talking about Oliver. I also like the small... You liked a lot of it last week, Rebecca. Michael. In summary. And Alina scene in the factory. And would rather Alina end up with Michael than Seb. Love, love, love the Fizz and Ty stuff this week. From Ty's impression of Jack, to Fizz saying they were turning into Jack and Vera, to the meal Tyrone was trying to cook. The only thing that annoyed me was Gemma and Chesney barging in, even though it was an honest misunderstanding. I liked how Fizz was okay with it, though. But like I said, in the group, could do without Gemma and Chess's relationship drama. Also, loved Evelyn and Arthur this week, and I love how Arthur is into trains like Roy is. I also liked Evelyn in her own way, asking Arthur on a date. She's finally softening. It's that butter that's been left out on a summer's day. (laughs) I kind of wanted to see the scene where she went into number nine and saw the double date. (laughs) Finally, glad that Jenny is finally back. Love the little scene where she was remembering Tom and I'm wondering if Johnny didn't come back from France because he heard about what happened with Carla and knows that Scott attacked Jordan and Chelsea and that Johnny could be next. <sighs> Character of the week is Leanne. Easily could have given it to Toya or Nick and give it four little anchors out of five. Love that Gemma called Ollie her little anchor. Very nice. You've got to pronounce that very carefully. You do. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, everybody who emailed us or tweeted us or Thank messaged you to us everyone or this week. Who managed to listen every to week. this. Yes, 20 minutes to get through three emails. We need to pick up the pace a little bit here. Right, we are done for another Conversation Street and we'll be back next week with episode 427. Look out for that. Um, That's it, really. Look out, look out. Watch out, it's coming. And um, yeah, I hope you're looking forward to... I don't know when we when we go to Manchester. I don't know what that's going to involve. Whether it's going to well, mean exciting listen, things for the listen. podcast, or whether literally we'll just be recording the podcast in a different venue. I just hope we go somewhere with decent Wi-Fi so we can upload blah, it. Blah 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 blah. Listen, we wanted to go to Manchester so that we could bring you guys some cool content, but you guys might have noticed the pandemic that's going on, which means that all of the plans that we had have basically had to be cancelled. So we. I'm not going to be able to get, don't expect 
surprise interviews or anything, um, we just won't be able to do it. No, we can't. We're not going behind the scenes or anything no, like that. It's the, we can't do anything special. I'm really sad that it... But one thing it will be a good opportunity for is exploring Manchester at, properly and looking around the places that we would normally not have time to, to, to look at because we spend so much time doing Corrie-related things. So we might be able to do some quarry related things. Just we might not be able to go in the set. It won't be. It won't be. It, it won't be very interesting on a podcast though, because we might just go to filming locations. Yeah, but we can get some nice pictures for the social media and maybe some yeah. videos and things for YouTube and Instagram yeah. or whatever. If there's any anywhere that you want us to go to in Manchester, listeners, any Don't locations you want up, us though. to try and um, find, or if you yeah, can recommend a... anywhere for us to go, yeah, that let us know and we'll we'll do what we can to. To meet your requests, we just can't do anything that involves hanging around the set. No. Maybe next time, eh? Gemma, yeah. where can people send their suggestions of what we could do on our little holiday in Manchester? Write it on a letter and make it into a plane and then eat it. Make it into a what? Plane. Eat it and then swallow it and it'll go into your stomach and that's where I live. And I'll eat it all up and then I'll reassemble it and I'll poop it out onto a, a piece of paper and read it out. Or you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com or you can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com or you can go to iTunes and review us and go, she gets weirder every week. It used to be funny, <laughs> but now it's weird. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, pe- Facebook, YouTube and Patreon. We're always uploading new stuff to, to YouTube these days. There's always some there's something exclusive now going up every week. Yeah, yeah, for the next few months. New content. I hope you're enjoying that. I've, I've heard some, that we've had some nice comments back on that. So thank you very much to anybody who has enjoyed that. Nothing gets people's hackles up more than somebody else scoring or ranking things. Yeah, because we, no, you're you not going to agree. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm. Chesney, three? What do you mean? Yeah. All the way through, I'm using Chesney as my benchmark. If I give somebody a three... They can't be better than <laughs> <laughs> Um I think the best place to contact us, because somebody um, mentioned online the other day that they don't know where to contact us for the best, and email is the best place, because I always look at the email, and sometimes if you send us a tweet or, or a message somewhere, yeah, then it just disappears down the list. And if also, you, especially yeah. if you want us to read something out on the podcast, yeah. you email on it, and it's yeah. almost certainly going to end up on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, because if you if you, you like if you DM us on Twitter, we might not get it because it, w- it won't come through. Mm. And if you tweet at us, it, it might get lost. So popular, it's really a burden. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, conversationstreet at gmail dot com. That's We're the best get way. Flooded now. That's I can't wait. Next wait. week's feedback session is going to be like an hour long. Yeah, are we done? We are done. It is time. Just press the stop button. Make a cup of tea. Maybe I'll do a little bit of editing this together before I go to bed. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Have a lovely life. See ya. See you next week. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. Bye. Music of this episode came from podcastteams.com. Bye. Bye.